Hello and welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. This is Brandon, or Mutilus, on Discord. This is Parker, go by one who parks on Discord. This is Jeremy, on Discord, still. And this is Aaron. Dill. I go by Treppenwood. Jeremy, what did you say? <laughs> did you say Dill, like Dill still. Pickles? Still. Phil. Still. I think you mean like deal, like deal with it. Pamba, with a B. Pamba. Pan? Uh, I'm just gonna... Pan. I think I can help with the pan pam situation. I mean, you guys got right. the job. I don't know what you summer. said. I'm, I'm just gonna it. make something up here. Don't I'll just ba- type something. God in. damn it! Uh, Brill. Oh my <laughs> god! All right, there we go. I got it. Don't worry, I got it. We got it in one. Good. All right, thank you. Thank you. May I have another? <laughs> we got it. Brill, you motherfucker! <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> Not my fault. This was literally what you said. Oh Lord, Brill. <laughs> I don't know what you said. It's pan, right. pan situation. Thank everybody for joining us today. Uh, it's a beautiful day to be playing MCP. Um, let's see. Do we have any announcements? Um, we just had a huge spike in listeners. Uh, if you listen to Pre Ramble, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. We appreciate you giving us a try. Hopefully, you find us enjoyable. I know I don't. Uh, Parker, you're down to 725 probationary episodes. Mm-hmm. That's great. Maybe uh, that's people that don't know. Parker basically uh, bets. Well, originally he just got probationary episodes for doing things wrong, like not showing up or falling asleep on the podcast. Uh, and so we we transitioned into betting the amount of probationary episodes he has left uh, to try and he's trying to get the number down. I enjoy him getting the number up. Um, and he has recently learned that at any time I can. I can cl- cash out his probation episodes at a $1 per one episode rate. And so he's now trying to get them down very quickly. At any I, time. Absolutely. I don't yeah. remember falling asleep during a cast. I do remember falling asleep. You've fallen asleep twice. Directly Parker, before you have fallen asleep multiple <laughs> times during the podcast. Hmm. Well, I guess it's I've been like texting that. you, trying to wake you up while we were recording because I didn't want to just yell into the microphone on the podcast. Hmm. Maybe we need you know like a trap you... door or something nearby. It's yeah, just like drops the reason you don't remember is because you were asleep. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's a good reason. reason. <laughs> it's like, I don't remember you trying to wake me up. Yeah, I know you don't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so moving on, uh, what do we have up next, Parker? We have some news. Hey! News! 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 So, big news. Really excited. Um, we found out some cards for our um, lovely Weapon X models coming out. We know the six cards coming out in the box. Uh, some of them are reprints, or the, one of them is a reprint, and all the others are brand new stuff. So strap in, everybody. Uh, most of these cards have not just like a lot of text, a, a plethora of text, a nonsensical yeah. amount of text, as in they should have just... Like they could have printed it on the back of a card box and just taken like a whole, <laughs> like the box is printed in and just like cut it out <laughs> and put it in a giant yeah, sleeve. I, can we kind of massively insane. paraphrase this? I yeah. don't really want to spend an I'm, hour. Reading I'm, I'm gonna try. I want to try. Ridiculous. Yeah, I'm gonna try real okay. hard. Okay, here we go. Let so me just give general guidelines. Don't even try yeah. and get the rules right. Yeah. Okay, here you go. So the first one is called Dossier. 
uh, and dossier. Uh, it's pronounced Dozier. Okay, let's. I was. I wasn't gonna say anything Dozier? about how you pronounced Dozier. it the first time you read Dozier. it because you definitely went Dozier. <laughs> it's like, so, then he goes, "Oh, is it dossier?" I go, "Yes." Uh, <laughs> so, I like how you word. you caught it. I didn't have to say what the you you were like. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've seen this before. Well, I knew it was supposed to not be Dozier. I was making a joke, but I, I did not recognize it immediately. I don't yeah. read the word dossier a lot. Right. Um. So it's a weapon X card, it's reactive, and, okay, during a power phase, a bunch of different characters can play it, all the Healy Wolverines. So Logan, the Wolverine, and Sabretooth, Apex Predator, or X-23 can play it. Uh, long story short, you give a dossier token um, to an opponent's character. They get to choose which character is holding the dossier. For the rest of the game, any allied weapon X character... If they're holding the token, if they kill your, you know, the, the one that, uh, uh, or, or knock it out of their hands or something, if you have a Weapon X character holding the dossier, they get movement speed long and add two dice to their attack rolls. So it's really cool if you can get it from your opponent and give it to one of your Weapon X guys. Um, it makes them stronger and faster. Uh, it's kind of like the um, the chimichanga token, where it's mm-hmm. a pseudo objective that doesn't give points, right? And so you, you get advantages for having it, right? But Only this o- one's. Yeah. yeah, this one starts off with your opponent having it. Right, and your opponent gets to pick which character, notably. So they can put, if you if they have a like a tower of power kind of character, they can put it on them, and you have to try to get it off of them somehow. Um, there are ways to do that, um, like Modok. Right. Well, read read the bottom of the card though. There there is a so, great way to help get it off right. of someone. So the character that plays this card, so the either Logan Wolverine, Sabretooth Apex Predator, or X-23, they get a passive ability that allows them to modify or reroll skulls when you're attacking the character with the dossier. Reroll any number of attack dice also, just full off. Um, also, they always must attack the character if they start within two, uh, which is similar to the, the uh, nemesis, nemesis rule that Venom has for uh, Spider-Man and whatnot. Angry Goblin. Angry Goblin has for Spider-Man, yeah. So basically, you uh, the Logan or Sabretooth or X-23 will get full re-rolls with Skulls, and if they kill the guy with the dossier and pick up the dossier, now they get two extra dice to the attack rolls and have speed long. Cool. Um, do we want to give it a trash scale, Mr. Aaron? We always want to give it a trash scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to give this a 5 on our negative 10 to 10. 5 being probably makes your 5. Um, I want to give it higher, but I really think you have to play with it a bunch. And it's either going to be on the outside, uh, and you're never going to take it, or you're going to plan your game around this. Um, and it's too early to tell just based off of reading the card text. The one thing that Brandon and I pointed out is that it creates this, it's one of those cards that creates a game within a game, because when you give it you know, when you play it down and your opponent says, you know, okay, well, now I have to pick a character to put the dossier on. Um, mm-hmm. It does happen during the first power phase. Yeah, so, so they already you, know you, where your model's you deployed. Know what, yeah, they know where your model's deployed. So, you know, presumably Logan, Sabretooth, or X-23 are going to be in the middle of the board to try to make better use of it so you can go get whoever has it. But they could either give it to, like, a two-point character and just never engage with them and make Logan, or X-23, or Sabretooth come and get them and might take them way away from the main engagement and lose the game that way. Or they could put on, you know, a big tower of power that they say, Oh, please let Logan and Sabretooth or X 23 come feed my Malekith or whatever. Um, 
I think there's a good chance that this will be heavily influenced by the scenario as well. Like, I don't think you would play this on something like uh, Montessi if you, they have a two-point character. Because the two-point character is going to pick up the back Montessi point and then move backwards and then run to the corner of the table. Because simultaneously denying you the dossier is going to score them victory points. And so I think that's going to be like something you want to actively avoid. Yeah. Because then you've got X-23 running to the corner of the table with no movement economy trying to get this stupid thing while they're just running away from you the whole time. Yes. On Researcher, however, could be great. Yeah, on Researcher, great. Yeah, because they have to commit. Hammers, they can either pick up the backhammer and run away, in which point you don't have to worry about the hammer doing damage to you, or they come forward with that character. So, like I said, it it needs some more testing before I can give it an actual rating, but... Yeah. Another way to look at it is if your opponent, you know, puts the dossier on one of their characters and then takes them out of the and then takes them functionally out of the rest of the match. Um, that's a really cool card, right? If the card said on the text, uh, your your opponent must remove <laughs> in one of your characters functionally from the rest of the game, you're like, oh, well, but it's it's not removing one of your characters. It's removing. Um, one of your tactics cards as well, which is a pretty big negative. What, I was, say. what I'm saying is, if I could, if I could bring a tactics card affiliated with Weapon X that said mm-hmm. for the rest of the game, one of your characters can never get close to or be willing to engage, um, you know, one of your Weapon X members. I'd go, cool, I will mm-hmm. take that card. That sounds fucking fantastic. Except sure. in the situation you just mentioned, right? Where right. a two-point character picks up a Dossi- picks up a, a, a Montessi and runs. And then you're like, well, then I'm totally mm-hmm. fine losing a character and never engaging with them. So, yeah. So, yeah, th- this this is going to be played a bunch of different ways depending on the game state, right? So there's no way to guarantee how it's going to work. But, yeah. yeah, I think it has potential. I don't think it's bad. Yeah. All yeah. right. What's next? Um, Happy Birthday Runt is a interesting attack that uh, Victor Creed, so the new Sabretooth or a- uh, Apex Predator, sorry, Apex Predator or the old Sabretooth, can play. It's a range three uh, physical six dice attack. Um, it costs Victor three power to play. Uh, notably, he may spend three power to play this card, and he immediately makes the attack. It does not say it has to be during his activation. Is that correct? Uh, correct. No, it does not. So this is one of the very first attacks we've seen that you just pay three power on Victor at any point during your active turn, and he immediately makes this attack. The defending character doesn't benefit from cover. They cannot use reactive superpowers or reactive team cards during the attack. And uh, if for some reason you're attacking a Wolverine, so that's Logan of either kind, um, the target character drops all objective tokens they're holding, which is just kind of cute. But Does it does Sabretooth have to play this on his turn? No. No, no, no is the correct answer. No, yeah. yeah. This is, Did this, we just ask that? Yeah, that's what I said. You can play this anytime, not, and it doesn't take one of his attacks. Yeah. Right. I wanted to highlight that it could be on, you know, anyone else's turn, and you could be like, oh, well, Sabretooth's yeah. within three of this person, they've already activated, and they have two health left. It's, I'd like to kill them now. Yeah, it's just like Weapon X training. It can happen on any one of yeah. your turns. It does not have to be during the active character or anything. Um, but it generates an attack, which is unique because there's not a lot of stuff. There's no other card that's active that generates an attack without costing an action, which is really cool. Yeah. I uh, I really like this card. I don't know. I, I feel like I need to go back and look at new new Sabretooth. Which Sabretooth uses this better? I know old Sabretooth doesn't really get anything from it except 
Like he doesn't get to buff it at all. Does a new saber tooth get to do anything with this? Doesn't look like he does. Um, if it was during his turn, you could spend for what is it? Um, bloodthirsty. I can't remember the name of the ability, but the thing that pumps his damage. Oh, according to their de- according to their damage, right? Yeah. So if Sab- I would think the old saber tooth would want to do this because it's a range yeah. three attack, and the old saber tooth is only range two. Right there, you go. And so no mercy. You could do it outside range power. two. No mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that being said, it doesn't like gap close for him. It just no. lets him attack. I don't know if there's really a particular one that would like to use it more. I really, I really like this as, um, as as an attack card. I think it's one of the coolest ones of the game because it does interrupt things. Also, doesn't let you use reactive stuff if you're ever like, oh man, I really need to down this thing. But of course, he's going to react and make it really hard for me to do it with bodyguards or yeah, uh, no bodyguard is big. No yeah, bodyguard, no, no eye in the sky. Right. Uh, so many things it turns off. Venom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No raise the shield. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is it shuts down Sabretooth 1, which is pretty cute. What's really cool about this also is it oftentimes uh, players who rely on cards like Luke Cage's card, uh, Venom's card, Lethal Protector, they're used to that. They may not use it on the first attack, right? Or sacrifice, you know? Aaron yeah, was like, just, I'll Aaron, save it for the next one. Right, yeah, like Aaron was Aaron was this. talking Yeah, Aaron was talking about it just, just in a game recently on TTS, right? You you didn't use sacrifice because you go, I don't think I'm going to get one-shotted on this first attack. And so a lot of characters just automatically kind of go for that to see, to just, yes, feed me some power. I'll see how much damage you do and then stop myself from being dazed by using my cool interrupt. But Sabretooth could, you know, do four, uh, you know, do four damage and then go, okay, happy birthday, Runt. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't get to stop me from dazing your character with the thing you you took for spe- specifically that purpose. I like that a lot. I also like that it works for a character that's affiliated with Brotherhood, who you can already be playing Mystique with, and so it lets you get even more no interrupt Mystique type abilities in a, in a list because mm-hmm. this is an unaffiliated card. All right, Aaron, what's your trash scale for this card? It's a seven. Ooh, wow. It is not an auto-include with Weapon X, but I think it's almost an auto-include with Victor Creed. It's... It feels it feels about as good as I would say as Lethal Protector. I feel like it's that game impacting. I agree. I think it's really, really, really good. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to play Victor Creed without this card. I'm sorry, Jeremy. We've been kind of like running over you the whole time. Is there something you want to say about this? I think they're all You've just very... I don't have anything to add that you guys aren't saying. I think they're very okay. colorful and cool cards, and I think they'll be fun to play. I, I'm, I, I don't know that they're game breaking in any way. I think they're gonna, they're just fun. I really hope this is the design perspective moving forward for attack cards yeah. that they yep. don't cost actions. So, point of order: there is one other card that does not cost an action, and that's mental domination. But it doesn't generate an attack from your character. It does. It generates an attack from the enemy. No. <laughs> Range line of sight from the enemy, but it's still the yeah. Jean Grey who. No, it, the well, the 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 concept of the the card is that they're attacking their own people. I understand. That's not. That's not it's literally still, what happens. But yeah. it gives Jean Grey three attacks on her turn. How about that? Yeah, effectively. Uh, I mean, but is it? I mean, I guess she's counted as being the the source of the damage. She is. The only other one I could think of was cruelty, but it's reactive. Yep. What about heave ho? Can we get some? Can we get some <laughs> shout outs for Heave Ho? Yeah, that'll not I'll, be happening. I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, since you like Heave Ho so much, I'm going to send you all eight of my Heave Ho cards. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'll make a necklace. Yeah. So, uh, ready for the next card? Yeah, I, I was excited about this one. Uh, I think it's interesting. Got to get some air. Just... Reactive. Uh, any Logan can play it for two power. After somebody advances 
towards him, he can immediately do it and advance his speed away from that character that triggered the effect. Then he may not contest objective tokens this round. He runs away like a coward. No, 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 no. I think you're reading the card wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> like a coward. I, w- I want to go to trash scale immediately, Aaron. I, that's what I'm interested in. I, I think... What, what <laughs> oh, the you want an immediate trash scale? Well, I do this because I feel like this card is pretty obvious, right? It is spider... What is it? Uh, spider tracers, right? It's very similar. Yeah. Uh, but only for one character you're playing at a time. Two different possibilities for the character, but only one character at a time. And it also has another negative, which is not contesting objectives. So it's spider tracer for one character with an extra negative. So... I'm just curious. What, what what's the trash scale for that? Uh, one second. No, okay, so it's not spider tracker, kind of. How so? Oh. Um, the uh, the the trigger. Spider tracker is when an enemy character moves within four, the character can advance short. Mm-hmm. Logan's card is when any character ends within two. So yeah, you could use it to get away. Oh. I could also move my allied X twenty three. Oh, she's within two. Logan's going to take off toward the enemy, say, I don't care about objectives. I'm just going to double claw Admanium slash your ass. I know so, the cool thing you can do is you can walk up with Colossus and fastball special after he moves. Well, so you move again. up Colossus into base contact with Logan. Yeah. He then advances to max range two and you play fastball special. So you can extend the range of the throw. I also I also sure. misread I misread it I, I read you said range two correctly I thought it was power two it does not cost any power to do this no so so this free. could be a turn one play to get Logan onto the midline to mm-hmm. attack someone who has then taken an objective for for, mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. I think there's lots of flexibility and I'm excited to see how people are able to abuse this card I'm uh, pretty sure that it doesn't work like this but you don't interact by contesting right. It old contesting is only relevant for blues, right? Because interact is just range one. It's not you can interact with things you're contesting. Correct. Interact. I believe you're right. You still interact. You also would not be subject to Shadowlands rerolls. Right. Assuming you weren't holding an objective yet, or within one of a secure is technically contesting a, a secure uh, or a an extract on the ground. Anytime within range one of any objective, you are contesting it. Okay. Yeah, so as long as you can still pick up reds and pay to flip, that's fine. It's not that bad. Because I don't even, like, there's most games that won't even matter. Right. And I I really view this, it has turn one options that I think your opponent's going to have to respect once you learn how to play this card. But saving it till turn four or so to allow Logan a free move seems really potentially strong. So it's going to be a five and a half on my trash scale. Needs more this testing, also, but I think it's good. I think Parker said this is playable with either Wolverine. It's only the new Wolverine. You can't play it with the, the Wolverine, right? This is Logan the Wolverine. Yeah, Logan I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It doesn't yeah. say... It's on uh, different lines. It doesn't yeah. say James Logan Hallett. Yeah, it says Logan. Yeah, yeah. sorry. You're right. It's yeah, only so the new it's one. it's only new guy. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's actually... It would be pretty cool with the old one because it's so important to keep him alive on his backside. Mm-hmm. And so you wouldn't have to worry about that. That, I mean, uh, the way I look at this card is it's so you can get outside of range of your people and get all your extra dice and rerolls and shit. Mm-hmm. Am I missing something? That's also good. Yeah, the fact that Logan specifically likes to play as a lone gunman, right? Or lo- lone clawman? <laughs> I don't know. But... <laughs> clawman, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Clawman. Uh, you did it. Yeah, but the fact that he does get much better, uh, noticeably better as he gets away from his friends, 
this does just continue that theme of pushing people away. Uh, there's also cool this it does it does say ends in advance. So there are other things you can do. Like if you have any other way to, uh, it's unaffiliated also. So if you have any other faction or any other way to advance someone, you know, then you would push Logan immediately, right? So any sort of place, any sort of walk, um, would immediately move Logan right then. There's a bunch of weird, cool, like, domino-type stuff you could do. Not domino the character, domino effect, where you're like, do this, and then this, and this, mm -hmm. and also Logan gets pushed. Like, it's a weird yeah. series of things you could do. Yeah, or, or as placed. So there are lots of characters yeah, are able placed. to place their own people, so... Right, yeah, teleporting stuff. Just putting... Yeah. Just, if you wanted to play Weapon X, just putting Lockjaw or Heimdall or... Thanos. Um, Thanos, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it, that doesn't trigger this. It does. It does because it's a advance Why? or is placed. No, it's not an advance. Advancing is only moving. No, advanced or, or is placed. It says. Oh, I, did, I missed that line. Gotcha. Yeah. It says advance or is placed. So it is. They covered that. So you so could do, not thrown or pushed. Yeah. yeah. And it's also not a weapon X card. So anytime you want to put Logan the Wolverine in your list. So any other things. So if uh, the uh, uh, the dumb peers leadership right um bump of the night you could bump of the night somebody and that would trigger gotta get some yes air. it is a place so it would trigger yeah so i'm gonna hard agree with brandon which i normally don't do but i really like the design concept of these cards like these first three we've looked at are all uh good without being avengers assemble level broken and i, re oh, I really I, like that i uh we're about to disagree real hard. <laughs> I didn't say what I think about this card yet. I do agree that I like the design concept. These cards are written clearly from a like deep game knowledge, like right? Like the fact that it triggers on any character, the fact that it works on advancing and placing, the fact that, you know, they're specific specifically calling out which characters can use them, like making things that are action efficient. All of that's great. I specifically don't like this card's design concept. I don't like, you know, weird gimmicky stuff. Like, I feel like this card is only really good when you're abusing it with something else. And it's not actually good for what it's kind of designed to be, which is just a random relocation. Like Spider Tracker. It's not Spider Tracker. This is a gimmick. Like, people are only going to play it because there's, like, turn one plays, I feel like. Oh, which I is good. Like, that's a powerful effect. I just don't like those types of things. I hard agree with you then. I, I, I don't like yeah. turn one gimmicks. I think this has turn one gimmick potential, but I think the card yeah. is better the longer you hold on to it. Maybe. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Well, okay. isn't there also, like, if you do want to push, let's say you want to take a character and move them behind Wolverine, I guess they would have to be willing to sacrifice their whole movement to do that on turn one, right? So at least one of their movements, which does happen, right? If you put Wolverine, if you have a, a, a an F... There's no E deployment, for example, right? If you have an E deployment, you're like, well, this person doesn't need to move twice. I'll use one of my movements to to make Wolverine go forward, you know, short before the game, you know, before anybody else can go. Like that's something you could do. But there's lots of situations in which you need all of your movement from all of your characters to get up onto the field and won't be willing to sacrifice a tactics card and a character's motion on turn one just to make Wolverine move short. Um, I don't know. I think there'll be a lot of times people will be doing stuff on turn one, like. There's a lot of two-point characters that don't really advance, like Wong and people that just hang out in the back. But there's, like we were talking about earlier, Montessi, Hammers, any of those. Like, you walk up, you pick up the thing, and you back up. And right. so you back up right behind Wolverine. He scooches forward. And then it's just like Malekith, right? Like, we're gonna, I'm just going to sit here and wait until you take the middle, and then I attack you for it. And it's like, okay, great. Well, I mean, that's, there's, 
we if we want to talk about all the characters that can that can punish you for taking the middle on turn one, that is a really long list. Sure, so. but I would rather see those things go away than more stuff come in. Is what I'm saying. I think the the wrong amount is like we're getting more punish middle taking, and I'd like to see less punish middle taking because it's always advantage. It always seems to advantage the person with priority. Come again? How does that? How is that? Tell, just help me. I, I'm not telling you wrong. I'm asking how does the person with priority get advantaged for having somebody who can kill somebody on the middle the, plate? The taller lists usually get advantaged for it. And so it's not the turn one priority, it's the turn two priority person. Oh, and so like the Malekith player yes. is going okay. to get to punish whoever takes the middle and then go first next turn. That's, that's what I meant. That's I don't what know you if meant. I, I, I didn't okay. explain that very well. No, no, I, I get it now. That makes sense. You didn't mean you didn't mean priority right. who won the, the, the right. role. It's not the die roll winner, but but effectively right. like it means that you don't even care if you lose the initial roll. It only matters that you have the tallest list. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, are we ready for another card? Yep, let's go. Exceptional healing got re, uh, reprinted. Also, cool. uh, so here is the, you know, quote unquote leadership. Um, it is a leadership ability for exact. Uh, it's called, are you sure you want to remember? It's a weapon X reactive leadership. Um, after deployment, you can put it on uh, any Laura Kenny, if they ever make another one, uh, and any James Logan Hallett. So any Wolverine. That character gains three memory tokens. And I will not read this huge text, but long story short. Um, anytime a friendly Weapon X character, so not any uh, allied, but a Weapon X character is attacked, you can spend one of those memory tokens. That gives that character two dice and their defense roll extra. If that character doesn't suffer any damage, they can advance short towards the attacker. Additionally, uh, in order to get memory tokens back, th- uh, anytime one of your allies, so that's not just Weapon X, but any ally is dazed or KO'd, then you automatically get a weapon token back. You can only have three weapon tokens, ever, uh, uh, memory tokens ever. Cool. Sounds like trash. Worst card in the faction, right? Honestly, right? Like I'm not being sarcastic. I think it's trash. I okay. So it's not the worst leadership in the game. Bonus point for that. It definitely. So not being hyperbolic, I think it's not good um, because I don't respect defense dice. Like, they're just so unreliable. Now, that being said, on an, a faction that has fairly deep health pools and healing, it's definitely more valuable than most. Jeremy, you look confused. No, I'm just trying to think how many times you would use this in a game. What, like six? Uh, six, uh, six was my off-the-cuff answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. six times to do what Guardians of the Galaxy well, do all day yeah. long. <laughs> You're going to use it every turn, right? You're going to use it to zero. Every time you have one, you'll spend it, I assume. Like, Ooh. there'll be very few times you'll have a token and not spend it. It will only be when you only have one left. So, throughout a game, most games you'll probably lose probably somewhere between three and five health bars, I would expect. Especially if you have a bunch of four-pointers. So, if you're losing three to five health bars, that means throughout the game you'll have eight tokens. You'll probably spend eight of them. So, that averages about 1.75 per turn, I'm guessing. So, 1.75 rerolls per turn definitely seems worse than Guardians. And you can only use it on defense. I, I And it really, doesn't even work on allied characters. It only works on affiliated characters. I'm super shocked it isn't offense or defense. Like I, I thought it was going to be basically Black Order's leadership. Yeah. The new one. Something. Where it was like, hey, you killed somebody. Everyone gets power. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Especially when I saw the power cost on their models. I was like, well, they're going to have a power mechanic. That's the only way. And so, yeah, this seems like 
this seems like Winter Guard. Like, it's like, hey, we made a faction for the people that really care, but we don't. Like, that's kind of what I feel. Like, they put time in to design all this stuff, but it doesn't definitely seems like they don't want to make them hyper-competitive or anything. Man, it's just a lot of words to say that and just be kind of what it is. Like, it's very, like... I like I feel well, so, I felt I felt this way about convocation like it was like a lot of words and it took a minute to figure it out but once you did it was like Jesus Christ that's super good. This yeah. is like once you figure it out you're like oh wait so then I just get to reroll two dice. I think both of convocation's leaderships are in the the realm of best of their type. Like that's what the reroll yes. mechanic of convocation and the placement mechanic of convocation are both in conversation for the best that that does that. They're probably not the best leadership overall. But whenever you're doing your thing, yeah. it's very good. And so this is just bad. It also takes up a tactic slot. So when everyone's talking about like the going out to get some air card, I'm like, the only way this is making your five is if it's integral to your gimmick. Because you're taking exceptional healing, you're taking your leadership, you're taking the card we haven't talked about yet, and then you have your two restricteds. And so that none of those other cards we talked about are making your cut. Okay, how about this? Um, this is obviously better than X-Men Blue, which is the Cyclops leadership. Mm-hmm. Name a leadership worse than this, other than that. Hmm. I'm sad the silence. Uh, I was, no, I, I was going to say, actually, I think, <laughs> I think, I think Dr. Strange's is, equal, is, is worse. No, I think I'll accept Dr. Strange. I think his is better. The, the no. Defenders one? Yeah. No, the Defenders one is not better, I don't think. Applying Hex is pretty cool. Uh, Applying Hex is not just... nothing, but it, it costs a power, right? So you have to, you have it to get It costs one power. I don't. Um, Cost of power. You know but it's kill. in the conversation. It's yeah. in the conversation. Sure, right? sure, like sure, you sure. could argue. I, about I, it. I would actually say that after playing it a bunch, even though Struckers sounds really cool, it actually doesn't do that much to the game state. It doesn't do that much to the game. Oh, I disagree. I, I haven't played it yet, but I, I disagree. Even after playing it a bunch and trying to get a lot of juice out of it, I I haven't seen it squeeze very hard. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'm trying I think Struckers is noticeably better than this. Okay. Like, I will just say think this. of the amount of damage. Like, we just talked about it. It's going to be roughly eight triggers a game. Mm-hmm. How much is 16 defense dice going to block in a game? That's exactly what we're talking about, 16 right. defense dice. What I'm saying is, I'll tell you this about Strucker. I, I, in the Strucker game, when I'm trying to get it to happen, I might heal three health, like in a whole game, from it. Right. So if you're, well, I you should be healing more than that, I would say. But even if you're not, it's the, not just about the heal. It's about all the other stuff, too. You're applying negative effects to your opponent. Like, hey, I get to give you stun every turn or whatever, or poison. Like, right. that adds value as that, well. That giving, it's not just the health. Giving stun away has been cool. So I'm not saying that it's yeah. not nothing. I'm just, I'm just, I'm here to tell you. I've given a stun mm-hmm. away a couple times, and it mattered once in a game. I've given, I've, I heal myself two or three points in a whole game. And it's because of the, what it actually happens when you're playing the game, the rhythm of the, I don't want to talk about Strucker's health. We can talk about it another time. But the point is, the rhythm of the game means it doesn't work as well. What you guys were talking about as you look at the leadership and then you're like, oh, okay, this actually does a bunch of stuff. And then you think about all the actual opportunities for it to do that thing in the game. And you go, oh, yeah, there actually aren't that many opportunities for this to be impactful. I'm saying Struckers is in this conversation where it's actually not, doesn't have that many opportunities to be sure. impactful. So the thing, the thing that makes me immediately cringe when I understand what this card does as a leadership is Strange and Cable do this. And I can't tell you how many times just this mechanic of adding two dice is garbage. Like, yeah, like it how doesn't many times mean on a Magneto thing. Sometimes. Have I spent the extra power to roll 
three extra dice and gotten fuck all. Like, it's not good. When you have like other defense dice, you're just that... not reliable. The, the yeah. statistically speaking, like we just talked about, an average game should generate six blocks, which, while theoretically stopping six damage would be effectively healing six damage, it's not because in a lot of those situations you die anyway, right? It's like okay, you block two instead of one. Well, they did four, so you're still dead. Like, like it just doesn't feel like it's going to matter that much. Now, when it does, having healing factor models live on one, it feels like it's going to be great. But that's probably once, maybe twice a game. And so, like as a tactics card, I would just rather play inspiring monologue, like or recal, mm-hmm. like that actually feels better. Yeah, because inspiring monologue makes people actually go, "I'm never going to attack this person," <laughs> because yeah, it's, there's a it's chance statistically I would do a lot better. Yeah, in one turn. So obviously, you're talking about the length of a game is more helpful. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. This, and the fact that you can only help like specific models, and we don't currently know who's going to be allied. Yeah, that's so true. that might if it's a long list of characters that will matter less. But I feel like it's going to be like five. It's going to be the the two Wolverines, the two Saber Twos, X twenty three, and Honey Badger. That's six. Deadpool, maybe Deadpool seven, and Black Cat. She's in everything. <laughs> yeah, well, Voodoo will be there. That makes sense too. Right? <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> Malekith will be affiliated for Probably. fuck all reason too. Probably like, whatever. Cat's anyway, got, cat's so got claws. Cat's got anyone claws. Disagreeing. This is the bottom five leaderships. Mm, I'll give yeah, you bottom okay. five. Okay. How about bottom three? Yeah. I think X Men Blue what... is undisputed in its own league. I think you could argue either Defenders or Struckers is worse. I think Defenders has an argument. I don't think Struckers does. It's too versatile. I think Sense Sent Prime's leadership is pretty bad. I think better than this though. Oh, I don't sure, know. But, but now we're debating around <laughs> sure. bottom five, bottom three, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. It's bad. This is not a good leadership. The fact we're also not even really considering it takes up a tactic slot. Like, that's a whole different conversation on yeah. its own. Like you like you said, the fact that if you really wanted somebody to live longer, this is yeah. This is not icing on top. This is actually like you're taking a piece of the cake to do this. <laughs> yeah. Like how about this? No one even brought up the Black Order leadership card. Is this that much worse than the Black Order leadership oh, yes, card? Absolutely. Yeah. The first of the Black Order. Hundred percent. So and that's widely considered one of the worst in the game. And it's just making up for their models are are overpowered. Yeah. So this card is just not good. Like, right? Like, they're tr- clearly trying to make this leadership not good. So they either believe the characters in it are overpowered or they don't want it to be competitive. And so I think it's probably the first, not yeah. the latter. But I yeah, because X23 and Honey Badger being affiliated makes your list better. Like, that's just true because yes. those models are busted. Yeah. And so if the new models are good, which we think they might be, then, yeah, that will be a very solid, what is that, 11-point package? Or no, it would be 4-8, 13-point um, package. So you get to add in another person, too. I wonder, here's an interesting th- Here's an interesting posit. Um, if, we've, if we've kind of agreed that there are some leaderships that are so bad as to be ineffectual, right? As to be, like, why even bother? Um, mm. it, it's kind of interesting that, in a way... If you want to play, um, if you want to play like Cyclops, for example, like because you want to have an X Men leader, that's that's what you want. If that's the reason why you're playing Cyclops, you're paying this horrible tax for playing Cyclops. <laughs> but in this yeah. in this faction, you're like, I'm playing Weapon X. And you're like, well, I want to. I actually, for this situation, I don't need a leadership, and I I, I just don't yeah. want a leadership. So I'm just not going to play it. I'm just going to play the characters that I think are going to be the best on this scenario, and not even. I think worry it's about on the, the board. Leadership. 
I think it's on the board. People won't use the leadership card. Yeah. I think it'll be in their 10, but I think it's right. on the board. They won't put it in every game. I'm curious, uh, Aaron, can you give this one a trash scale? Can or I? Is it, yeah, sure, because, we're gonna go because of the leadership also. Negative three. Okay. Oh, that's very high. Okay. <laughs> so at, at negative five, it almost never even makes my 10, right? Negative three okay. means I probably consider it for my 10, but it's not even a lock okay. there. So so, I, you, so the zero on the on the scale is it makes my 10, it, basically. It, it's like 50-50 to make my 10 is a zero. Oh, maybe we could scale. just do that. So the positive 10 is his 10 tactics cards. The sure. negative 10 is the 10, 10 he decided not to take. And then the zero is like on the might switch it out line. That like works, that. yes. Uh, so I, I kind of disagree with you. Like This is either going to make your five or it's not making your 10. I don't right. think you waste one and not bring this every time. I, I think people over overrate their card slots six through ten i don't think it really matters what the fuck you put there because 90 percent of the time you're not taking it anyway i okay. agree with you there too okay so i could like i play hoods gang in my convocation list i put it in one game it was actually pretty good but i only played it because i like could i wasn't playing any of those other characters that I have character cards for i, I, want, I wanted so it's to only there and for the weird game i, I wanted to hear aaron's end of aaron's sentence what were you saying you were saying uh, I don't know, but I have a point. But I'll, I'll make okay. it after our last card here, and then I'll then I'll finish okay. my point. Okay. Okay. Uh, right, let's get to the next one. So the last one's called Call the Pack. It's a Weapon X card, reactive. When an allied Weapon X character removes damage from itself, so heals in any way, it can spend two power to heal this card. The character that played this card immediately advances short. Then all allied characters within three of it may also advance short towards the character that healed and played the card. This is what, to me, my X-Men was supposed to be. This <laughs> card is awesome. <laughs> I agree. Yep. This is the only card that might rival Avengers Assemble that I've seen printed. It costs it less power and works on... No, it is nowhere near as good as Avengers. Nowhere near. Ooh, I don't know. Well, I mean, the movement is restricted, but the... it costs less power... And affects non-affiliated characters. True, but I've seen so many Avengers plays that affects the entire board. True. This is restricted toward the character, and you have to be within three after the movement, so... But you get to move, which affects... Like, the the 90-degree channels get... Like, they're very skewable by little movements. True, but... We're also talking anyway. about an affiliation with people that have, like, metal blades coming out of their hands. I think we know which direction they're moving. <laughs> Understood. Uh, I I clearly think the card is good. I do not think it's Avengers assembled good. Uh, this is probably an 8 on my trash scale. Like, it, it's probably going to be in your 5, and you're probably very rarely if you're not playing, going to take it. If you're playing Weapon X and you didn't take this card, you need to explain to me <laughs> why. Like, deep explanation, and that doesn't involve, I don't own it. Like, this is the best card in the six, right? Like, there's no question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I like a lot of the other ones, but yes, this is better. Yeah, this is the best card in the pack. Yeah, there there, there are a lot of strong cards, and this is the strongest among them. Yeah. I really... One other, Another little thing about it is, of course, everybody has healing factor, so you'll get to do it at the end of your turn. But if you have anybody in your faction that heals, like if Wong's in there and he heals somebody, then immediately mm -hmm. you can call the pack on that guy you healed. Um, you can also call the pack on... You're doing it on Wong's turn, right? So, like, if you have um, hold any on. healing effect. Point of order. It actually says when a Weapon X character removes damage from itself. Does that oh. mean it needs to be the one controlling the effect? Uh, yeah, so that's... 
that's exactly healing factor then, right? Yes. Um, I mean, you could patch up. No, you couldn't nope, patch up. Can't patch up yourself. Med pack's gone. Hmm. No, yeah. you could interact with an with the extremist, extremist objective. There you go. Yeah. Um, you could have a chimichanga, which nope. is the same timing. Yeah, so same it's timing. irrelevant. Yeah, it would it would do it, but it would be the same timing. Yeah. So I read Wong's card. An allied character removes two damage. The, yeah. it, I, I don't know. He's I think control, he's controlling the effect, so he's the one removing it. I would say. Is if it's because the if if call the pack said when a weapon X character removes damage hmm. and just then the comma happened, I would agree with you. But because it says from itself, I don't think that's true. But also, I don't know if that's just extra wording that they threw in there and didn't matter. But with how intricate these things are worded, I feel like it was intended to only be when you remove it from yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the idea is healing factor, right? Like. At yeah, the end I mean, of their obviously, activation, they're hurt. Every then, like, every affiliated, every Weapon X character is gonna have healing factor anyway. So I don't know that it matters. Not necessarily. They've already printed on this card. This is the last thing I was going to talk about. They have Lady Deathstrike and Maverick on this card, as you know. Next. But Lady Deathstrike will have healing factor, right? No, she doesn't have healing factor. Pretty sure she has Wolverine blood. No, she doesn't. And that's nah, not. I'm pretty that's, sure. that's 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 Marvel. That's if Marvel. Russell Wilson comics. has Wolverine blood. Then Lady Deathstrike has Wolverine. Who blood. has Russell now? Wilson? Maverick, I'll give you. Maverick, Maverick has like nanite blood or something. No, he know. doesn't. What are you talking about? Blood? Like what are you talking thing, about? Yeah. You don't follow sports. It's, it's your fault. Oh, Wolf. Okay, Russell Wilson. I think you're saying Wade Wilson, and you got the names no. mixed up. No. And I was like, <laughs> I said, I bet what I said. Okay, you guys are killing me. <laughs> So the last point I want to make is uh, excluding exceptional healing. The other five cards, three of them are significantly movement-based. Got to get some air, call the pack, and the leadership. Because the one part about the leadership we didn't talk about was if you don't take damage and you use a memory token, you get to advance short toward the attacking character. Yeah. So individually, the cards were kind of rated and discussed how we did. But if you put it all together, if I run those three cards... All of a sudden, I've got an entire team of Weapon X that's going to just get all over the board. And I don't know how to uh, leverage that yet, but that's absolutely what I would try to do, is to play those three cards, a bunch of Weapon X weenies um, with large claws, and uh, just see what what happens. Like, I'm sure you can unlock some of it by playing, but that that aspect of those cards together intrigues me. No, I think the cards give them a lot of the tools they need to be a cohesive force. Um, I just wish that the leadership gave them the movement and the other cards gave them the defense rerolls. <laughs> well, the so, leadership the, does get the movement. <laughs> as long as you roll, roll well. Or your opponent it rolls badly. kind of does. <laughs> yeah, like it kind of does. Just imagine like Shuri just feels like she invalidates this entire force. <laughs> like It's like, oh, I'll, you have a dossier. It's like, I'll put it on Shuri. And you're like, god damn it. Like, <laughs> it's like you'll never see that fucking model again. So... Just to re-go, yeah, re-go back toward the uh, the leadership, like if you have, let's say, uh, a Bucky, you know, four dice, and you're like, okay, do I risk having Bucky attack Laura, knowing that she's going to get her three dice, plus her reroll, plus an extra two dice if my opponent wants it? And if I happen mm-hmm. to then not do damage, Laura gets to move toward me, and that might be really, really bad based on what she's going to be able to do next. Maybe. But so, I was talking with Parker about this. You just have to time your attacks properly. Like you attack people who have already activated, and they're it very much minimalizes what they can do. Like I, okay, am I going to advance Laura at you when she has an activated token? 
Probably not, because that's stupid. I'll just get her killed. Correct. But now my opponent has to choose his target priority, and that's yeah. just a you know a hidden part of that card that right. is kind of insidious. No, I think that's the most important part of the card, because I think the rerolls are... Or the, sorry, not I keep saying rerolls. Yeah. The extra two defense dice is basically garbage. I don't respect it. Yeah. And now, there's going to be games when you roll seven blocks. Sure, that's going to happen. Is do I care? No, because I I'm gonna roll zero hits as many times as you roll seven blocks. <laughs> but uh, on yeah, opposite but rolls, but yeah, 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 they'll be on different <laughs> rolls, so you get the full benefit. But, but the fact yeah, the fact that you, the fact that you have to tell your the fact that you have to if it's there, your opponent has to respect the the idea that your your character that uh, has not activated yet could just start walking towards you, and mm-hmm. a lot of them are blenders, right? They're all blender characters. They're they're about moving and doing damage and, and not leaving things mm-hmm. standing after their activation is over. And so I'm also, it, I feel like that is, that's not nothing, but yeah. how it, but like you guys said, like we just, like we just said, it could be nothing, right? It could be literally nothing. You could use every memory token and just never it's get a pro blocks. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. could, and you could use, and your opponent could just do one damage over and over again and it never do a thing. So the leadership could literally be dead. That being said, I was actually going. Go ahead. I've, I've played a lot. I've, I've played some games recently where I didn't use all my tactics cards, and I would have loved for it to have been something like this, something that my opponent had to think about, as opposed to what I've been doing, which is play a tactics card that just didn't ever do anything, and my opponent never had to give a shit. So, go ahead. well, that's okay because if Aaron had been playing this card, he wouldn't have had a leadership, so it would have been fine. Aaron playing this card with or not playing this card is the same <laughs> game. Same, same game. <laughs> I feel so I don't want to I don't want to like imply that people that play stabby boys are not good players or anything, but it is a leadership that has a floor as a skill floor, because just like your opponent can attack the wrong models and trigger aggressive at bad times, which is, I think, less actually more unlikely to happen than you trigger. You actually get the blocks and trigger the aggressive because you're overly aggressive yourself and move your model into a bad spot. I think that's just as likely as your opponent makes the mistake. And so I think that's not worth not noting here is that you can get yourself in trouble by triggering the aggressive at the wrong time. Yeah. And I think someone like Bucky is perfect to try and do that. Cause like you're shooting them at range five, they get overly aggressive and think, Oh, now I can go get you, but you're at range five. So you moving short just means you're at range four and you still can't do anything. If Bucky's shooting you, you're already dead. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. I mean, you're, he's you're already like night. It's like 19 hits per roll or something. I think it's his average. A it's thousand like, shots. It's, he it's gets funny a you guys talk about shots. I want, every kill, game. I want to get that model out of this game so bad. It's so like funny. The model is so broken. By the way, just so you know, everyone who listens, to, I've, I've talked to some people who listen to our the store cast about Bucky because they hear mm-hmm. your guys' stories, and a lot of people know that I play Bucky in every list, and so mm-hmm. and so they'll play Bucky and never get him to do a thing. Like mm-hmm. put him down and be sure to put him down. Like eight games in a row he never triggers rapid fire <laughs> like he never does a damage and they're just like this guy's ass and I'm like i don't know what to no say. it's 100 percent your dice parker because you roll yeah. four hits on four dice like it's going out of style <laughs> i'm gonna switch our dice at some point and not tell you and you're like why are why can't i win any games anymore I, I, like when you were playing criminals you were commonly generating five hits like it's common and it was like, this is not normal. And he's like, yeah, I'm like undefeated with Chattelaser. It's weird. I'm like, it's not weird. It's fucking dice. Like, Jesus Christ. I think you can definitely improve him. And I think a lot of people are just putting him in lists, and you could definitely yeah. play him in the places that he's yeah. supposed to be played. But um, 
it is anyway. it is true that he doesn't always do that. Moving on. Uh, we have another small bit of news that Parker didn't put on the schedule. I assume everyone already knows, though. Um, uh, Atomic Mass Games announced the, their upcoming game release. They're, they're producing their second game ever. Uh, it's called uh, Star Wars Shatterpoint. It is also a squad. What? Why are you pointing at me? I had that on the news last week, and you skipped it. So I just thought. Oh, I thought was it never... last week? Yeah. I don't think it was last It was week. last week. It was last week's news. I had it on the news last week, and you said, all right, let's go ahead and go to the next thing. And so I just assumed you didn't want to talk about Showerpoint because we're an MCP podcast. <laughs> I oh, never no. I never even mentioned it. I probably that should have. Definitely, no, that definitely was not what happened. I didn't read the news. I assumed you were oh, done because you were pausing. Got it. No, yeah. So Shatterpoint, I didn't think that was a whole week and a half ago, though. It that was. was. It okay. was. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so if you're a fan of Star Wars and also like the probably, I'm guessing, the mechanics of Marvel Crisis Protocol, you will probably like Shatterpoint. Uh, I already have a bunch of people bugging me about it constantly. Um, but yeah, so we'll... we'll s- what? I said you sounded annoyed with that comment. Yeah. It is annoyed. Like, <laughs> I've had so many like, when are you going to make a Shatterpoint channel for the Discord? I'm like, when I fucking feel like the game comes out in 11 months, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, it's like, oh. Jesus Christ. Like, can't you just go onto the internet forums and complain about Star Wars like everybody else? Like, why do you got to do it on my fucking Discord channel? You, uh, you, oh, you might remember, Brandon, my last week's comic corner was in honor of Shatterpoint. It was, yeah, I know. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. Shatterpoint is, I, I, is it weird? I think we talked about this. That we did talk about this. Yeah, the, the, I really. I don't know don't. if this is a good. T- I, I love that I already know what you're gonna say. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have you have had you zero zero information at this point. Yeah. I know exactly. Do what you you're do you not say. want me to talk about how I'm... I think it's better to not have that conversation in the main cast. Let's okay, okay. Let's do this. Save it. Remind okay. me later. Post ramble, folks. You wait. You <laughs> wait for hot takes. <laughs> I love that I know you so well. You said so. I was like, no, no, no. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, let's not say it. I guess. All right, we'll move on. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I, this is such an inside joke. I that don't was, know why it's so funny. This is a good teaser. This is a good teaser. It's a good teaser. All right, uh, currently playing. Um, anybody built a new list recently? What, what, what we got going on? I played a bunch of Hydra last week. Um, uh, although we had the awesome weekend, the Geekery's eight eight-year anniversary, right? Eight-year anniversary this last Saturday. Yep. So I went and played Hydra a bunch of times, and... Um, the, like like I mentioned before, one of the things I found out is that I really like Strucker. He's a great character. Like, he's really good. <laughs> but mm-hmm. his leadership is less effectual than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like this really cornerstone awesomeness. It's just it's, – it's window dressing. It's not, it's not the main reason you take him. He himself is – like, his stats are too big, and his ability to heal himself is – better than venoms like i was i was easily healing like triple his health over the course of a game for a three-point character the guy is ridiculously hard you have to one shot him you have to um or one round him right one activation him or he just comes back and you have to do it again so that's something i've learned about uh Strucker. i also learned that i always play red skull in the faction because he's too much of a value and he is a monster um uh, I also found out that Zola is a lot more disappointing than I thought he would be. I thought he'd be really awesome and effectual. As it turns out, if you build a Shuri that moves short with range four that doesn't push anybody, uh, it's not enough. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's it's just not enough. Yeah, I, I played against uh, Zola for the first time, and I was like, "Oh man, this guy's gonna wreck me!" And then he literally did like nothing. I was like, yeah. "Oh, I was expecting a lot more from the giant robot guy." 
And you was... think I, yeah, his card, you think it'd be really cool? I, it didn't do much. It just, meh. Hmm. I would have thought scientific method would have been worth at least half a point, if not a full point of threat. Yeah, I, the hardest part for me is that Zola is so slow. If my opponent just didn't oblige him to get close enough to him for him to shoot turn one, uh, him trying to get it off turn two was kind of awkward. Um, I was even trying to put it on some like Keystone characters like uh, X-23 or um, Honey Badger. Like I was trying to, I even had a funny, cool thing with Nebula. I was like, this Nebula, maybe putting on Nebula sounds fun. Um, I had all these interesting ideas, and it just never really materialized. And even when I did put it on, it didn't do a whole lot. I should have just been attacking with their regular attacks. And I really wish, every time I played him, I was like, you know what? Would have been really good in this situation? Uh, Zemo. <laughs> just like, <laughs> Zemo would have been better, because he would have done much more to affect the game state himself, been much more aggressive, been much faster, like, you could have gotten me out of all these jams that Zola just didn't help me do. Um, yeah, I got all my Hydra put together, and I'm excited to get Zemo back on the table, because I haven't played yeah. with Zemo in a long time. Yeah. So, I'm not saying Zola is bad. I don't think he is bad. It just felt, like, way behind the curve compared to Strucker, uh, Red Skull, and Zemo. Just felt, like, way behind them. But Okay. Um. Let's see... Um, I haven't played any more games since Warfare, but I'm excited to. I got all my stuff pulled out today, and I'm going to come to the store with all my stuff tomorrow. Try and get some games in. Uh, I'm tinkering with my list a little bit. I haven't made any hard decisions, but I've got some uh, some new anti-Malekith tech that I've been working on. And uh, also I want to play um, Cabal and Hydra together, because I think it looks fun. I was planning on doing that for a while now. I just now that warfare is over, I don't need to stick to one list. Anybody else? Oh uh, man, I've played a ton of games in the last few days. I wasn't really putting it together, but I played Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Monday. <laughs> nice. Whoa, yeah. So War Machine week or uh, Warfare weekend, I kind of got inspired. Um, <clears throat> I played some fun games, played different games, whatever. Um, but I didn't win. Uh, as much as I had hoped or thought I could. So I spent a lot of time playing a bunch of games the last few days. And uh, I was right. I should have just stuck with the main list. It's just fine. The list is fine. I'm fine. Could have won plenty. <laughs> um, but then Monday I switched switched it up and I played some uh, Spider Foes. And man, they were so much fun. They have so many crazy-ass cards and crazy mm -hmm. things they do. It's like, oh, yeah. you're moving here? This explodes. This guy goes off. And also you move short. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's also enough characters that <laughs> not playing three characters is amazing in its own way. It's been so long since I've played like that. Um, but yeah, man, just tons of fun playing different stuff. Spider foes were cool. I'll probably stick with I them for a minute. I legitimately think Spider foes is the best kept secret in Marvel. Like that, that they're so fun to play, and they're yeah. they play so different than everybody else. They work like complete. They put the game completely on its head because they're they're just so good at what they do. Mm -hmm. You can break the conventional construct of how a list is supposed to work. I was playing Goblin, and I played Spider Foes a long time ago before I was playing a bunch of games, and I, I struggled playing him. Um, this time I was playing him, and I was like, "Holy shit, he's got hit and run!" I'm like, yeah. "You're never gonna fuck with me unless I let you." So. Yeah. Man, he was just doing so much work, and then he got on his backside, and he basically killed the entire army. Like he just yeah. went ape shit on everybody. 
Um, if you can get good enough with the timing to where you know when he's going to get dazed and mm-hmm. so you can set up that next turn to where he doesn't immediately die and you don't lose priority. Yes. Oh, man, he's so dangerous. Yep. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I'm going to stick with it for a bit. We'll see. Aaron, you got anything new for us? Uh, I've played three games over the past week with uh, X-Men Red. That's with Red Skull 2. Uh, I think it's a really strong list. Uh, two wins and a loss in the three games. Uh, nothing special to report other than uh, it's probably good. So is Red Skull the next boogeyman? Like that motherfucker yeah, I think he's really good. is really he's strong. He's just so consistent, right? Because yeah. the blanks make him so hard to like whiff. He's kind of like Corvus in that respect. That It's like it's so hard to roll bad with him. Well, the other problem with him is he, I see problem with him is he's got easily a two point character comes with him a, a, a an unkillable like not zero offensive model that contests blues and you're mm-hmm. just like so he is not a five point character he's more like a three point character but he has freaking Corvus level offense in terms of like reliability that's so efficient if you have the ability to spend five points in the game it's hard to not pick red skull it's really hard it's it's a lot of stats and effectiveness for five points yeah the i think all the grunt characters are just way too strong i think they should all basically go <laughs> like the grunts are the uh, grunts are just Electra. too good Electra doesn't exist in the game so it doesn't matter like we do not speak of Electra in this dungeon. Electra could be you two said, points and no one would play her. You said this. Like, that's how the, bad she is. You said the statement. The grunt yeah. characters. <laughs> yeah. Grunt. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um, no, I think, well, just the grunt mechanic is worth, like, two points to me. Like, that's so much. It's like Bob. Like, it's literally Bob for mm-hmm. free. It's better than Bob. It's because better than Bob in all they're healthy. Uh, Now, Bob has the massive attack that the other ones don't have. And so I give him about a coin flip because Bob's about as hard to get rid of his grunts. But Bob dumb, is dumb. always dazed. Almost right, always. Yeah, but he never does anything, right? The dumb, so the grunt character gets to do stuff. Right. Yep. The dumb, dumb thing that these that, that specifically Red Skulls is, is it's always healthy and it contests blues. That's the thing. In my opinion, the other grunts were just were just good. The Nick Fury one was kind of toxic because of... Of the yeah. like the the, the stalemate because the game comes down to priority with extracts and they right. just win that so. right so that that's that I don't like it because of that specific interaction. However, this one like this grunt, <laughs> just like your opponent. The funny thing is, your opponent can just kill him every turn. Like he could do this, but it's just infinite value. It's it doesn't matter value. because you don't care if he dies as where with like yeah. all the other grunts, they can only pick up extracts. And so right. them dying actually means you lose the extract a lot of the time. Right. Uh, obviously not with Nick Fury cause you place it back and then they pick it up for free, but it's, it's super annoying because you just infinitely get to contest a secure and it, you basically just have an extra model forever. Um, it's, until you kill Red Skull. It's annoying because they're free. Like Nick Fury yeah. has to pay to put yes. out his grunts again. Daredevil um, has to attack, which is not always something you want to do. Within range two, right? Yeah. So the fact that Red Skull gets his grunts for free every turn is the actual problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, because what's funny is think... how many actual problems there are with it. There's so many. But continue. I think they need to have some kind of tether range. Like when when the parent character goes to activate, if the grunt's not within range free, they despawn or something. Like they're you're just too fucking strong. Yeah, but I, I, I think if you, you're, I wanted you to finish. Yeah, sorry. No, that's fine. No, no, I'm I'm requiring you to finish. That's you require answer. me to finish. Man, <laughs> yes. You and my wife, you have more more in common than I thought. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. 
Uh, no, I was going to say, the, the problem is that if you're faced with killing the grunts uh, to uh, control a secure or throw them away, right, you are wasting resources on a renewable, a freely renewable uh, resource that your opponent has. Mm-hmm. It costs Red Skull nothing to bring them back next turn. Yeah. And because of their three health, it might take two attacks to get them down. Uh, so you're, quote unquote, wasting your activations to score the point just to have to redo it all over again. Uh, whereas yeah. uh, Daredevil and Fury have a resource cost they have to put into respawning their grunts. I mean, doesn't Daredevil spawn them by attacking? Mm-hmm. If he's within two, yes. Isn't his entire goal as a character to get within two, though? Uh, depends. Um, I'm just saying his opportunity of. cost is pretty low. There, it, it's not. It's not zero is the point, and you have to move. There are situations in which Daredevil doesn't want to be there. He wants to be moving and, and contesting, or moving to pick up a point himself. Like you could be losing the game for the sake of really wanting your ninja back, right? But unlike, the ninjas, unlike Red Skull, don't get to activate when Daredevil brings right. them in. They get one shot and they're done. They have zero Mm -hmm. impact on the scenario game, unless they happen to kill someone with their four dice. Um, But Nick Fury's grunts can pick up an objective token when they're spawned in. Red Skull's grunts get to move and contest slash secure objective tokens the turn they move in, come in. So that's Mm -hmm. what's problematic. The, The problem I have in general is that all these characters are balanced without the grunt mechanic on their cards. Like, I think Daredevil is a solid four-point leader in the game if you just remove the grunt from his card. And I think Red Skull is also a solid five-point, you know, attrition piece slash leader without the grunts on his card. Now, Elektra, I think, is the only one that's actually balanced around having grunts, which is sad because that just means she'll never get played because all the other ones are not. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Nick Fury is a good four-point leader without grunts. Like, he's just good. Uh, here's a here's an interesting question. Um, if in, in a magical world, uh, all grunt models or all grunt controllers were as below the curve as Electra, would people still be excited to play them? Would you think they would still get played? Would you? I'll, I'll I think they, I think they would still get played. I don't think it would be as prolific as they currently are, but I think they'd get played. But like, look at the game. Like, we have what is it now? Like a silly amount of characters. We have 130, roughly, characters in the game, and four of them have grunts, and they're played in, like, 75% of lists or something. I think Skull will be the new, like, he'll be in almost every list. Like, he's a good drop-in for five. He's an amazing five. I could see him becoming the new MODOK. Like, I don't think he'll be as powerful as MODOK was, but I'll think he'll be in... He'll be splashed about as much as MODOK was. The fact he can't be thrown or pushed when he wants to... Is so mm-hmm. strong too. Like just all very annoying. It's very annoying that they're like opposite what you want, though. Like, yeah. like you're you're yeah. good against Mystic, but you can't be advanced while you're in the energy mode. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, like why aren't these together? I guess that they just wanted you to be weak to something. He can know. always be thrown though. Can you? He can be thrown. Okay. He just doesn't take collision damage. Got it. Yeah. I was, wasn't I playing against you, Jeremy, when you figured that out? <laughs> um. I mean, I've ran ran my head against it yeah. many times. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've learned it the hard way, I guess. Probably haven't learned it yet. Uh, good, uh, news at 11. Uh, that mode is really good against Ebony Maw, who can only do <laughs> mystic attacks and throwing 
things at him. <laughs> he was just standing yeah. there. Well, going, but you can advance him, right? Like that's yes. the thing is you can, you can advance him. him. Yeah. 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 The problem well, is. Nog, yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying, Abimal can only like that's all he does is move people, really. Oh, he played has him... a big attack and he wants to throw shit. Unless he <laughs> can't be thrown. I played him into a combination of uh, Malekith and Modok. That's quite a decision tree. Yeah. Do I no, want I was playing... the energy or the mystic? Shit. Mm-hmm. I was playing Convocation and I, my my opponent was in the same boat. He was like, uh, I don't want to get moved, but I also don't want to die. So, <laughs> Yeah. Because what was it? It gives him five dice defense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was playing against the guy who had Cable in his list, so he was shielding him as well. So he was getting seven dice. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it was actually not that bad because, you know, defense dice are crap, but, you know, it was kind of annoying. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's the end of our currently playing. Um, I wanted to talk about something today. I don't know if today's the best day to talk about it, but I feel like priority is very strong in the meta today and i feel like a lot of lists are built around like can you guarantee having priority throughout the game and so me and jeremy on our way back from warfare weekend were kind of kicking around some ideas in the car about ways that we could kind of the game developers could combat um the importance of priority in the game today and so i was going to run some of them by you and then just try and have a conversation about it wait, wait, game um, developers or like players Developers. This is not anything we have control over, but these are just like hypothetical solutions to the issue. And just to kind of get to get some interesting discussion going, because not that we are going to affect the developers. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but it it helps me understand where other people feel the importance of priority is in the game. And so if you think that my ideas are way too far, then I know that we're not in the same place on how important priority is. That makes sense. I I would I would also. I would also like to, like, I don't know when we do this, but I'd also like to mention to specifically newer players, but I, I want to, hmm. and how, and how priority matters, because I think it's really, it's a really different game depending upon your level of experience, but I'm going to let you sure. give your presentation. No, that's fine. We first. can, I mean, we can go ahead and touch on that right now. Um, the, the thing that I feel for priority is you have complete um, control over the game almost, I feel like. So in the, specifically the later turns, obviously you get to leverage um, taking out important models. So like if I have a Malekith, which is the big one of the bigger abusers right now, I can dump my Malekith into somebody on the first start of a turn, potentially daze them, and without field dressing in, in the meta anymore, that we go to the next turn. If I keep priority after dazing one of your guys, I just kill him before he ever gets to do anything. So you never get the opportunity to swing back, which is one of the biggest rubber band mechanics in the game it's supposed to balance these large models is that you'll dump damage into somebody daze them and then they'll get their swing back turn and level the playing field well that never happens when one person has priority for the entire game and so the whole point was that when you get somebody dazed you're losing priority because you've taken an activation away from them and that was one of be supposed to be one of the balancing factors but when you have three models versus five that will never happen like you would have to daze three models before they activated to, to get to that point. And so it gives them complete control. And if they have good enough planning in the future and scripting of their turns, you have to find a way out of this like situation. That's just like, it's like a train going down the tracks. Like how do you stop it? And the answer is you don't have anything you can do to stop it. They're always going to have priority. They're always going to get fit first opportunity to take action. Aaron, did I miss anything? Do you think that that what I said is correct or only one small caveat. 
normally if you are three to five, the person who has three is passing until they can't pass anymore. Correct. At yeah. which like point, you have... if they then daze a model who hasn't yet activated, they could give you priority by doing such. That's true. Uh, however, that's, go ahead. Passing primarily happens in the earlier turns as well, though. Yep. Like, when you're in the thick of it, it's less important. Okay, so I'm not prepped for this topic at all, but I do have mm. very, well, interesting is the wrong word. I have thoughts. Uh, I mm. strongly agree. Uh, if you were to make the statement that there is no mechanic more important to the game than priority, um, it is potentially overbalanced. Um, having said that, if you go first with Malekith, you can absolutely annihilate, like you said, a... A, a model, a key model. You know, I had my Red Skull 2 decimated. Never got to make an attack. For as good as this new model is, he never made an attack yeah. because Malekith uh, killed him uh, top of two and then uh, top of three before he could activate because the opponent kept priority. Um, yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff I'm talking yep. about. Not to mention, like, the priority role. Like, if you, it's getting to the point where people are trying to weaponize priority to where you come to the table with building a list that you can't you're gonna have the lowest model count possible for your point total yep. so like people bringing three models at 18 points because they desperately want to have priority and when that happens when both players are doing that it just comes down to whoever wins the opening die roll to get priority the first time and once that happens you'll just sit on it the entire game and never give it back and so that means you're going to get first opportunity to take extracts, first opportunity to make attacks every round, yep. first opportunity to move out of danger before your opponent can attack you. Like, all of these things are so important. Uh, I firmly agree. Uh, if you listen to a lot of uh, high-level players on TTS when they get the, their cuts and everything, uh, they'll talk about how many models they wanted to bring into the match as their probably step one analysis. Okay, I'm playing mm -hmm. an 18 threat. I think my opponent's going to play X. I want priority, or I don't want priority, therefore I will bring Y number of models. Yeah. They don't say, they I need this model. That. They said, I need this number of models specifically uh, to play around priority shenanigans just like you're talking about. Um, it is that important. The decision yeah. of how many models to bring is more important than which models those are. Yeah. Okay, so some things we thought about in the car ride back, we were just spitballing, and so I'd like to expand upon this. Um, the first options we have here are tactics cards form. So these are generic tactics cards you put in the game that would just exist that everyone would have access to. Uh, so the problem being that if they were good enough to manipulate this effect, probably everyone would have them. So you'd have to deal with both people trying to play the card. Um, the first one is... Um, it's a tactics card, basically like all according to plan, that's just generic so anyone can play it. So that's the simplest, because the form already exists. Um, the second one we came up with was one that um, forcibly activated one of your models for some effect. And so, like, let's say um, active card costs five. This character removes two damage and gains an activated token. And so you could forcibly activate one of your models when you're in a tie situation to basically give up a turn. And then you'd either activate somebody else or be done. And then it would go to them and you would have cheated an activation to get under the line. But the important thing being that the model that, that gains the activated token would effectively do nothing. And so you'd be giving up that activation to gain priority. But you could do it on somebody cheap, but if you're playing a cheap model, then you're generally more wide. And so you're already not trying to get priority very often. What do you guys think? Terrible? Dumb? 
already exists in the game, kind of. Uh, no, according to plan does. But there isn't one that activates your own model. Uh, follow me does the same thing with priority. It does. So right. I'll go so back to the that game. That lets you. Yeah, the game I had with you know my red skull into you know a very tall malist. You know, killed my red skull, and I'm like, that's okay. I've got follow me, and that's that is why follow me is in my list is so mm-hmm. I can use it to steal priority. It's not to do damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My fucking opponent has follow me too, so he just counters yeah. my follow me with his follow me, and I'm back to losing priority again. So Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, so follow me is great uh, for stealing priority. Um, cost six power. But yeah, it already exists. The other one I was thinking was a tactics card that, it, like all according to plan, steals the priority from your opponent. But it you would have to play it when you don't have priority. So you couldn't just you couldn't just immediately counter by playing it against the same person. You'd have to start the turn without priority. You could play it, you get priority, and it costs like, let's say, a small amount of power, like two power or something. But then on the next round, it automatically gives it back to your opponent. So you get priority for exactly one round. And that would be a lower cost one, so you wouldn't have to have this massive investment like follow me, where it's six power on one model, which is hard to get to some turns. So my question with what I think is a joint understanding of how important of important priority is, if we make a tactics card that is ubiquitous, uh, isn't it just going to be in everyone's list? Well, so the big thing would be you would have to, like specifically this card, you would have to play it when you don't have priority. So somebody who is playing a tall list would never have the opportunity to play it in a normal situation. Because if you go to play it against them, they can't immediately play it on you because they didn't start the turn without priority. And the next turn, they're getting it back anyway in this example. So it would be worthless to take with like a Malekith list. Right. So it's just it's just basically... It like would all- only be valuable for a go-wide roster like Avengers or something. And Avengers might yeah. be a bad example because they tend to play kind of tall nowadays. But like, I don't know, let's pick... Uh, I don't know. I can't think of any go-wides at the moment. I don't know why I'm blanking. Guardians. Guardians. Yeah, Guardians usually take like five. Yeah. Guardians, Spider-Foes, stuff like that. Maybe Web Warriors. And so something like that, like, some is like, hey, I only want priority once. And so this card will just keep my opponent. Like when your character gets dazed early and you're like, man, he's going to get KO'd next turn. Well, you could play this card and guarantee your activation of like Amazing Spider-Man gets his injured side guaranteed one time. So, and so a, it lets you actually do what the game was designed for. So all according to plan? It's kind of like all according to plan. Yeah, right? It's but exactly it's, like it's, that with what you described. Generally, yeah. But all according to plan isn't require you to play a wide roster. It doesn't require you to... Um, but the big thing is you guaranteed give it back to them, which isn't always well, the case for all, all according to plan. And it costs 10 power. That would be the other thing. It wouldn't be as monolithic expensive as right. all according to plan I guess all, all according to plan requires you you have to be very yeah. strategic you have to know everything you're gonna do to try to make sure to have 10 power unless your opponent's very obliging and gives you 10 power sure. um so you if you ha- if you're using it strategically you have to be very 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 aware that it's what you're trying to do um it's not so a, go ahead a generic two cost all according to plan would have the impact of uh nerfing tall lists like you know the three 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 wide at 18 you know mm-hmm. mal stuff mm-hmm. I, I want it my gut reaction is i approve but i'm wondering if that's just my personal play style you know there's another card what about this one what is uh maybe is it possible to play something like a um 
like a like a let's say you're you can only play this on a injured character if they would receive you know lethal damage prevent that damage they now have one health left and cannot like be and, and it cannot be damaged for the rest of the turn right so the idea is your opponent can still like totally wreck one of your characters but that character will get their second activation because we're talking about one of the biggest problems with this is the big with this scenario is that you functionally say um I'm playing a list that can make sure over two turns that one of their characters will disappear from the game because that's what I'm doing. So, well, so okay, this would... so you're saying you just want this card to prevent you from getting killed before you've got had a turn, yes, right? Yeah, but yes. So what if the the card basically said you get Bob's rule, to where if you get if you get KO'd before you have an activated token, instead you're just dazed again. No, and it just keeps happening until you get to activate. Mm. No, because if soon as you use the card once, then your opponent just does it again the next turn, which doesn't, which does, which still like you never get to activate your character. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Is it would basically give you Bob's rule, where if you would be KO'd and you don't have an activated token, you're instead just dazed, and it just keeps happening until you. Oh, get to like it's like a buff, like a permanent buff to the. Character? Yeah, it's like a token. Like you put this oh, token on the model I... for, until it gives them the it gives them the the butt house superpower basically right i don't but you have to play it on an injured model i don't maybe i'd have to sit and stare at it but i feel like that one's opening a can of worms for is also for like oh it, sure like we'd have to look at like yeah. this is not something that's getting printed right away this is just well, a hypothetical because but them- also it, it, that also restricts like a lot of uh, character building space from now on right too because you have to be like okay can we ever build a character that somehow Cheats the shit out. We're of talking us. about one activation. No, I'm talking about like one Ro- activation. We're talking about like Ronin, for example. Like letting Ronin always, like always hit somebody with his big spender every single turn because you can never yeah. actually kill him. Um, that that's abusable, right? I don't know how much I like that version of the card. I, I thought what I'm thinking is you don't get to, you don't get a daze token. You just um, that character has can t- can receive no damage, no no damage from any effects. Um, and, and that's it. This this turn, the character cannot receive any damage from enemy effects, and there's they just that sit seems there. way better to me. Like you're just invulnerable for a round. You're invulnerable with one health left. Yes, and so you're you will get to activate your model. Well, also you can't be killed. Like yeah, like you would just contest. Like I, know, I understand you'd be injured, but you're like, on your you, injured side. You yeah, hold objectives and stuff and be invulnerable. Yes, because the point is the point is the point is not that. Whole, like your objectives is not what is not the egregious part of playing against somebody with only three models, right? The egregious part yeah. is Malekith will remove your model before you ever have an opportunity for that model to influence the game in any way. So this card would say your model will get to influence the the game. You can you will get to. Do I feel it. like we're describing again very similar situations, and for some reason we think our, the other person is way overpowered. I we're we're in super hypothetical so I think we're getting stuck in the weeds here. So I think we agree that the the mechanics we're trying to develop is something that would prevent people from getting back to back KO'd and dazed. Yes. And so these things would do that but we're both concerned that they would be a little too strong. Yeah. And so we we need a, some kind of middle ground which is why we are trying to do something with priority first. Mm. Like make priority less impactful and so making a character invulnerable would fix that exact problem but not the problem in general. Mm-hmm. Is that your opponent always has the the option to make all the decisions in the game that matter, or the That's ability true. to random steal would also could be included in there. Yeah, like roll a die. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
roll a die for who has priority yep. every turn or something like Not that. Not even that, but you could have priority, but your opponent mm-hmm. could, like, say there's a mechanic where you can just spend one power, Ooh. roll a die, and on a crit, you steal priority. Ooh, what about this? Uh, it could be a Tactus card. It would probably have to be a Tactus card, because otherwise it'd have to be, like, a model in the game. Um, response to your opponent's turn, if they can pass, they must. One use. Yeah, that would be cute. That would be cute. <laughs> if it would fix the priority pass, for must. one turn. Mm-hmm. If they can pass, they must. So they could still play Tactus cards. So they still kind of had priority, but they don't get to activate any models. That's really once. cool. Also, I like that also because that automatically makes it something that the big list can't play easily. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, because so it would only right. work if you outnumber your opponent. Right. So... So it, the, the one of the things I didn't like about even my card that I was thinking about is like, oh, ah, but then it also, you know, makes it hard. Yeah, then they to, do it too, and it's right. the same problem. Yeah. Right. So, but this is, I really, I like that is really genius, actually. Ship it, it, print it, let's do it. Wait, hold on. I don't understand it. I'm, I'm, pra- play, I'm play testing it tomorrow. Don't worry. Like, yeah. uh, no, so it's a Tactus card that you yeah. can put in your roster. It's a response to the start of your opponent's turn. Yeah. You play it, it costs some amount of power, probably a small amount. If your opponent has the opportunity to pass this round, yep. or pass this turn, they must. That will not and gain so, you priority. I don't. No, understand. no, no. But it stops the, the next round's priority. So you play oh. it on the first turn of the next round, I get to go. Like, you can't activate any models. So, like, they could play, like, Inspiring Monologue or Magnetic Refraction or some big card they want to play, but they can't activate models because they must pass. And so it effectively gives you priority, even though you actually never moved the priority token. Understood. But it works specifically if you're playing a wide list. Right. It doesn't but it would, work. You would also have to outnumber them for it to, for it to function. Yep. Right. And so both players aren't playing it, which fixes that. Because the, the problem always comes down to, well, why don't both players just play the card? And you're like, and so that would fix the reason. You would have to play a wide list. And you'd have to play it early. You couldn't hold it for super late because then all your people are dead and you can't make them pass anyway. Right. Yep. It's going to be an early game. Yeah. Oh, man, that's genius. <laughs> I like it, too. <laughs> well, it, it still doesn't I don't correct. know that it would fix it. doesn't it correct one of the things that I hate the most, which is the I play four Killy models and you play four Killy models and you get priority and you start killing my shit And then they first. just sit on it forever. Well, yes. when they daze your people. No, but they daze after activations, obviously. Right, um, so that's that's just harsh. That's what I mean. Like that's if you play a low model count, like you are you're you're gaming the priority, and that's its own thing. But when you end up accidentally landing on four to four, and you can yeah. never get it back, and it's not your fault, and there's like nothing you can do, and it just goes back and forth, and it's like this really sucks. Uh, that's the thing I hate. I mean, the most. you could play follow me to get it. You could. That's true. That does work for that situation. Yes. And I mean, that's specifically why I put follow me in the list. You could also try and leverage, like try and put your models in really aggressive spots and just dare them to kill you before you activate. Yeah. Usually Um, the aggressive spots are the ones where they end up dying. Well, but then you get You move them up and then they get killed. But then you get priority. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Not if they activated already. I'm not going to lie. No, no. So you wait for one of their models to activate. And then you just, like, go oh. stand Wolverine on their face. And you're like, your turn. And then so next turn, they either kill you or you get to kill them. Like, you just force them to kill people that haven't activated yet. So I think I might prefer one of two different core rules mechanics changes to the game. Well, hold on. We haven't gotten to core rules yet. We're oh. still talking tactics cards. Okay. 
I don't like I, tactics I got, cards as a solution. I don't like tactics cards as a solution either. There's already, but that was just the ideas we came up with. Sure. And none of those can be core rule changes. They have to be cards. Yep. I, lo- right, so I love I love that card you came up with that the last the one. must pass. I yeah, like if, that one. If too. you if you told me that card was in the game right now, I would I would be so excited to play. I this bet game. you would. You'd be like Sam Wilson got ten times yeah. better. And <laughs> he's already the best, so that's real good. Cool, 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 cool. No, I've been playing Guardians. I've been playing Guardians. Why? You've been playing Guardians. Yeah, <laughs> that much more egregious. Yeah. All right, uh, so moving into game mechanic changes. Um, the first one is the easiest, and it's probably the worst, is whoever wins the roll to get priority, they start with priority, and it switches every turn. Back and forth, just ping-pongs back and forth. There's no other way to manipulate it. It's just, that's how priority works. So you each get a fairly, you each get three priorities if the game goes to six turn. So the player who starts with it is not the player who ends with it in a perfect world. Um that obviously has a lot of its own flaws, and so one side would end up being advantaged, but there'd be no manipulating it. Um, I assume everyone hates that. Yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, it's probably more fair than what currently happens. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's not great. Uh, so the next one I I like, but it, it clearly is still clunky and not super elegant. Um, at any point during your turns you can add activated tokens to your models. And so let's say you have three models, I have five models. You activate your second model, it goes to me. I could put an activated token on every one of my models that has yet to activate at the end of my turn and pass it to you. You now have activated last, and it goes back to me, and I get priority. So basically you can forfeit all of your remaining activations at any point during the round, and then to steal priority, basically, as the sole purpose of stealing priority. And that would be that. So if I'm willing to sacrifice three activations to get priority, I can do that. And then you go into your last round, your last turn, knowing that you've lost priority, but your opponent can't do anything. And so you can play accordingly with your last activation. I don't hate that. The problem I have with it is that it, they can do it too. And so at any point they're like, well, Toad doesn't need to do anything. So I'm just going to pass out now. And you're like, oh, well now I can't do it. And so it's just this like, it gets into this really minutia weeds of like, you're both like playing chicken on how many activations you can get before you just both pass. Mm-hmm. But also if your opponent does it too early, then you just run the board on them because you have too many activations left. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's interesting. I think it is the most counterplay available to you, but I don't know. I think it could work. I, I'm not a fan. Don't like it. All right. No. So I think a lot of this depends on what type of game do you want Marvel to be? Yeah. Do you want it to be chess or do you want it to be risk? Yeah. Risk is a bad example. But um, Risk is a bad example. Right. Um, but you understand what I'm trying to say, right? So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of, we'll call it metagamers, right, that really like the headspace of uh, planning stuff out and uh, like knowing they're going to have priority and steal this and do that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other side of the coin, which is just fucking roll dice and see what happens. Yeah. And so that's why I like the last one I have here. I, I think, think I like is... this one. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Um, now stay with me on this one. It's actually oh, the Lord. simplest of all of the suggestions I've had. It's Logan Howlett first yeah. will spend a it token. It must counter. be fielded by all players. <laughs> <laughs> you you could choose either Logan, but you have to play a Logan or else you're not playing Marvel Crisis gotcha. Protocol. Okay, like, I'm in. No, but uh, the actual suggestion or thought or hypo- hypothetical situation. Um, so exactly the same as everything works now, except second player 
picks from their three missions instead of choosing at random. So first player wins the priority roll, gets priority, selects a mission, which color mission they want, and draws one at random. The second player chooses from their three and chooses point total. I think and it, I think you can go even further than that. I think well, if you lose and then, priority, so, you choose both. Oh, I think that'd be too much. <laughs> you would just lose all your games. <laughs> like that's that would that's too much. That's just just too much. Anyway, um, so the I I would prefer also we add the opportunity to to when you roll for priority to pass it to your opponent. Like, all right, I don't want it. You can have it, and then I'll choose the mission and take the points. Um. But if they refuse to do that, that's fine. I think second player choosing which of their three missions they want to play is big. Like, that's big, big. Because we're like, okay, we're playing Researcher. Like, if you let, like, if you win the role against Malekith, like, you have to know that if you give him breads, he's picking Researcher and you have to play it. And you're like, shit. Or if you play against, I don't know, Avengers, you're like, I'm picking Gamma. And you're like, oh my God, I'm going to have to play them on Gamma if I let them take Blues. And so you have to know that going in. And so I think, but it would give the some of the power back to the second player. So I feel like all of the power is in the first player's hands right now. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think, think that's... Go ahead. I don't think that's good enough. It doesn't fix my problem. Like, my, my problem is I, I, I took a model in this game and I wanted him to do a thing or at least have the opportunity to fail to do a thing. Well, you and... see, you, I don't think you guys are fully extrapolating what this means is you're like, I can guarantee like scoundrels. <laughs> like what happens when you can guarantee scoundrels in a match I, I at think 20 it's points? Too fucking good. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I think it's too much. I right. think the priority role to go first is important, but not what we're trying to solve, which right. is the, the round-to-round priority. Right. The fact the fact that the also like we've talked about this before. I even mentioned earlier that that <laughs> armies that have three models sometimes win priority and then just pass <laughs> the very first. Activation. No, that's that's the point. Is like because they want to stack. Like let's say they have three models, they want to stack all of their activations at the end of the turn and then to follow it at the start of the next turn. Right. So when we're both getting six activations, I'm pushing 20 points through my six activations while you're pushing like 12 points through them. And so it's just different, right? The The level of potency is different. Yeah. That's, that's what the power of the priority is. And so what I like about the you get to choose the mission thing is sure you can have priority play your little priority game i'm gonna play a different game and that's what this would allow it would allow actual counterplay i'm not going to try and beat you at what you're doing which is what the current meta suggests like aaron doesn't like well the only way to play is take malekith with a broken leadership and try and slam into each other well how about instead i play kingpin on scoundrels and i say go fuck your malekith like, that's what I think this would accomplish, is, like, whatever I think my opponent's going to do, I'm going to take the mission Wait. that prevents him from doing it, and then play to but that your opponent, But your opponent still gets to tell, just to say you're doing, you don't get blues. Right, but then if we do reds, I can choose, like, spider, spider infected, which is the effectively the scoundrels of red. Right. And he's still drawing a mission at random, and then I'm picking to, to complement that mission. It, yeah, it's far too good. Yeah, I think I think it'd be too strong. Yeah, but I think it would fix the problem. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I don't think it does. Nobody would be complaining about priority anymore. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think that fixes the problem. And the reason why I don't think it fixes the problem is that is that it still that helps on. Yes, it advantages fifty percent of players. I guess um, 
and maybe that 50% is not Malekith, but I don't, I don't think it actually eliminates it. It just makes 50% of the games that you would have hated playing against the three model list, you may not hate as much. Um, well, isn't that the does. point? Like, it removes negative play experiences and it encourages counterplay. So instead of us doing the same thing and fighting over the same one thing, the one priority token that exists in the game, we would be encouraged to actually counterplay it. And so like, if the problem isn't that Malekith is unbeatable, it's that Malekith is so efficient because priority is so strong. But that's also because in this setting, we're playing random missions, and, and most of them Malekith is good on. There's a bunch that he's bad on. And so, but nobody's playing them because they're all incentivized to build these tall lists that aren't good on those missions. So it's kind of like back when Black Order was really strong. When the meta gets, quote, solved, people play the same shit. And so most of the missions being played are good for Malekith because people are also playing Malekith. And so he's just getting magical Christmas well, land because okay, everyone's doing cool. what he wants to cool, do. Cool, 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 cool. I, I, I totally get it. Yeah. So then why don't we just do this anyway? It sounds like we've solved the problem. Just play Kingpin and Spider and uh, Spider Infected and... Uh, it's because there's not three scoundrel missions. Like, And so if you pull any of the other ones, you're fucked. If you do a, a, you, if you do a four blue, like if you do a, D, uh, a B deployment, Malekith kills you? Is that, is that good? I, it's a lot closer... Well, also, you get a pay-to-flip, and Kingpin's worth zero, so then you play Daredevil, yeah. who doesn't get reroles to Mal. It's kind right. of so, a... I mean, I, so, I'm, so I'm, I'm advantaged with Kingpin, and yeah. horribly disadvantaged with Shadowland. So, so right. the so problem is, he's choosing his blues every time in this example. Yeah. So, so you're choosing reds, but there's only one, like, five extract, right? There's It's spider-infected. What's the other one? What's the second one? Cubes. Cubes, which you die too fast on. So you need spider infected, not cubes, because at cubes you'll just kill yourself. And then what's your third mission? Hammers. God like no. that's the problem. It's like if we pull hammers, I cannot play kingpin because you will kill me. Mm-hmm. And so you have you can get in these situations where you've lost at deployment, and there you have zero control over what's happening because one player won the die roll. I I don't think it fixes the problem we're having right now, which is priority. It just this is a band aid to stop a particular. A set of crisis com- combined with a couple models that are currently in the game, and I-, I guess if that's good enough to change the way crisis cards are selected, then that's good enough. But I feel I feel like we've taken a-, a left turn. We were talking about priority and manipulating priority, and priority being the issue, and we've changed to let's just make a new the new crisis strategy, which I don't. Well, think it's all is the point. it all roots from the the priority role to start the game. And so that's why I was looking at is de incentivizing right. people from winning the priority role in the first place. But I, I would argue that I don't care about the priority role against a tall list on the first turn. I care about it. I care about priority on turn two. That's yeah, that's fair. But getting to choose your mission would de incentivize people playing tall lists. And so it's not it's not actually combating priority, like you're saying, you're correct. But it does de incentivize people from playing lists that try to solely steal priority. Because you can play a scenario that de-incentivizes tall lists. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a roundabout way of, of attacking it, but yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree that there are ways to de- de-incentivize that. Yeah, I agree. I think we what need if... to go back to the world of uh, <laughs> the game never needed a, a, a model with point cost more than five. I don't agree with that, but I don't think it's a terrible argument. I think argument. I, the argument the argument is sound. I just disagree with it because I like big boys. I do too. 
I, yeah. What if there was just no three-point models? What if it was four plus? That would also fix it. Oh, man. We're going to have two tiers of competitive Let's Marvel. just go the opposite direction, yeah. <laughs> so back to the priority, my last thought is, what if you just rolled every turn? I don't think that's fa- that's good because it's you're going to have weird streaky games where you just lose because like one person, one priority on all the important turns. I don't like it. I think they're if we're going to go to like true fairness, just have it rotate like that would be the actual fairest way to do it. And that way you could plan in advance for which turns you were going to be. That's strong true. I, I hated that at first thinking, wait, then I can't do what I want. But then you just set it up differently. You have to yeah, play yeah. differently. Yeah, you you would have to have a plan for whether you did or didn't have priority, it would change the game fundamentally. And I don't think necessarily for the worse. Yeah. You're still advantaged for having forward thinking like plans. Yeah. Just in different ways. Well, it would, it would make the big, because so the big thing about the last character to activate loses priority is that they didn't want you to get the automatic double activation from a single character. And this would, this would open that door back up, which I don't know if that's good. Even though technically it's true, though, like, does it matter if Toad, like, shook twice in the corner of the board and then Malekith got to go again? Does that really change anything? <laughs> and right. so, like, who cares, right? Like, who cares if a model activates two times in a row? And this, that literally can happen. Here, your point, and here's this, this is the thing, the next thing I was going to say, which is the, the point, mechanically, of creating a tall list like this one is to functionally create that scenario that mm-hmm. priority was attempted to avoid priority was so no character could activate twice but what if you just make your almost half your list <laughs> activate right before the end destroy any chance of opposition because it can because you invested so much resources into it or rather the game developers let you do that and then the at the beginning of the next turn you got to capitalize again on that late round activation so no it's not precisely activating twice but it's damn near activating twice and to your Mm -hmm. point brandon the fact that one of the other things that was supposed to fix this problem was the game is not an attrition based game solely you win primarily through scenario and so in in your situation you described where you have more control over the scenarios you're playing you as a player would go okay well if you're going to play this tall list i'm going to make sure that when i activate last my last activation turns into points mm-hmm. because i get to activate last yeah so it does turn into points yours turned into attrition mine turned into win conditions which yeah. is not the situation we have now by a long shot it just it's you just can't seem to score enough points because all the missions that are getting played are missions that incentivize big models because everyone's playing big or, models or even the, like, the meta is fairly fairly narrow or, right now. or or even if that's even if that wasn't true even if i as a player decided i'm going to make sure to play all of my cards that have tons of possible scoring on the board at any given time i may not get it randomly twice right <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so this is actually one of the things I wanted to come to at the end of this conversation, which is if we're this is a cool hypothetical situation, but um, and it, it's interesting to like think tank stuff. But I wanted to know from you guys, um, besides one we just mentioned, right, which is just try to saturate your crisis cards with you know high scoring 
things that make it more difficult for a single character to gather them all. Like Worthy is one to avoid, but Spider Infected would be one to include. Yeah. Um, besides doing things like your crisis, is there anything else you can do in the game to try to make your opponent pay for this strategy of I'm going to make sure one character a turn over two turns, I'm going to nullify a single character. What is something you can try? Cause I've, I've stared at this wondering how can I make this a bad choice for my opponent? My opponent goes, Oh man, I really want to go and just make sure this model never activates on turn one and two. Oh, sorry, round one and two, but I can't because it's pretty ball breaking. <laughs> The only thing you can do is have enough firepower to kill the model that just killed your model, if that makes sense. So Malekith activates turn one, dazes a model, activates first round two, kills that model. If I have enough firepower left on the board that I can remove him round two, daze mm -hmm. him back, that's legit. Yeah, you need to, because more, like, literally, he couldn't have killed a model as valuable as himself. So if you can stop the bleeding there, he's fine. Right. Uh, the other thing you can do is put down models that he's good. He's not good at killing. So people that um, block on blanks have deep health pools. Have like you know um, anything like that. Have like extra bodyguards or action canceling stuff like escort to safety and lifesaver. All that stuff is good against him. Um, people that punish people for rolling skulls like Ghost Rider, or sorry, criticals, not skulls, but people that punish you for rolling criticals like Ghost Rider are good. So there's a lot of stuff you can do to dampen his effectiveness in a game. He's obviously vulnerable to things like stagger, so anything you can do to steal action economy from him. Problem is, like, everyone's already done all this research on how to, like, slow him down. The problem is that there is no way to stop it because of the priority manipulation. Back to your question, Parker. No, there's there's not a lot of ways to disincentivize your opponent from just removing your models because that is yeah. uh, incredibly good. <laughs> it's because we lost all control over crisis. Like if we still had the ability to choose crises, like if, even if it was like choose one of two of your three. So we discarded one at random and you would choose the one of the remaining. When we did that, we could, it, we could force the scenario to go wider. But when we lost that control, it's just a crapshoot now. So like you're, if you get paired up against a go tall attrition list and you pull your least, you know, punishing scenario you're just gonna lose like they're you're at a huge disadvantage because you're playing exactly what they well, want to play well let's but let's let let us not forget that there was another side to that coin where you had a lot of control over your no sure your crisis and you could play games that were literally decided a crisis selection because no i totally agree was it was too something. strong yeah but conveniently, they banned all the really egregious missions and then also changed the way you select scenarios. I, I like, agree. like, yeah, I would have liked to see something else happen. I think it was in an okay place, but I do not like that it's completely random. I think that's too much. You should have some control. You guys I kind of wish you had no control. I, I wish it was 15 crisis red, 15 crisis blue. Fucking randomly grab one from each and let's go. Yeah. Like Aaron thinks Aaron thinks they're coming out with all new crises any day now. So let's see. I, uh, Fourteen I days so. left in November. Thirteen, maybe. I had I had a moment after our maybe it was it was the last, I think it was the last podcast. The last podcast is the one we talked about your guys' uh, warfare weekend, right? Uh -huh. Um, I actually left that podcast with a bad, really sour, sour taste in my mouth for my comment that I made of how I got turned off by your guys's. Um, by the, the the statement, the meta, you know, is so consistent. The meta is 
so consistent, and we've talked about what it is right now. This priority manipulating tall list is so consistent. I got really turned off by that. And then you guys immediately shot back, I think, really articulate, uh, um, uh, you know, counterpoint, which is, yes, so the meta is solved, so do something about it. You know, that's the, yeah. when everybody's playing the same thing, that's exactly the right moment to strike and turn that 30% win rate to a 60% win rate because you understand how much the market is going to be saturated by this and you do something about it. So I guess what I was searching for precisely in this conversation was, what are we going to do about it? What can we, as three players, who know this is going to happen to us in every major he's, event we he's do? just not even counting Aaron. <laughs> Um, Damn. Sorry, uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm specific talking about. Oh, you're right. We're four of us now. Oh shit. Well, there are four if you count Perrin. There, yeah, yeah, four if you count Perrin. Yeah, but, um, but we don't count Aaron. So Aaron so does I, not count. Uh, I guess I actually I wasn't. I mean, Jeremy's the one that dropped. If anything, Jeremy. I actually count. in this shit. legitimately I wasn't even including myself uh, because because <laughs> I save Parker because I'm save. not because I'm I. I, I don't know how excited I am to try this. Obviously, I'm not because of the comment I made last time, and I thought about it. But you guys were, you guys made me really think about it, and I didn't like my first statement because of how poignant and how very right you, you guys' response was. So, um, I, I, I've been asking several different varieties of this question, but so far, all tonight, you've just told me how much it doesn't matter as long as we can't control crisis. Attrition, you know, they're still going to do it, and there's still not much you can do about it, and you're still going to be at a huge disadvantage. Please tell me there's some light at the end of this tunnel because I'm really oh, no. excited. Well, I'm really excited to be wrong about last we're after talking last specifically podcast. Specifically about priority, like there's nothing you can do currently about priority. I think that's a problem. Now, if Aaron's correct and there's all new crisis stuff coming, that alone might be enough to change the because if they de-incentivize narrow list building with the with new crisis is coming out. That alone will change the the meta. Like if like every mission looks like scoundrels and gamma, you can't play those lists. Like that's not an option. But when everyone's playing like alien ship and researcher, yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Oh, that's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I I did oh. not want to hear they have to they have to do a huge revolutionary change to crisis for me to 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 feel like I have a game into this. Well, I don't think it needs to be revolutionary, but it just needs to be like, we are, we are critically low on extracts. And so there's no way to de-incentivize people from going wide with extracts. Really. There's one mission that really incentivizes going wide and it's from the core set. So it's not egregious at all. Scoundrels is the only secure that really de-incentivizes going narrow. You haven't told me anything that's groundbreaking. Yeah. I know. I know there are crises that are good against them, but we, we, there is, I gotta know. I got. So I gotta. They, I gotta know new... that I was wrong last week because I was so sure I was wrong last week. Well, I, we're having a different conversation though. That's the meta being solved, and then there's priority being overpowered. Both can be true, and one can be true. Like just because priority is over, priority being overpowered is why people think the meta is solved. Well, that and characters like Voodoo existing, which needs to be fixed. But that's <laughs> a completely different conversation yes. again. Um, but yeah, like like just because the meta is solved and priority is overpowered doesn't mean that you still can't build something that's good into the meta. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. Do, do you, I, so, I'm agreeing with are you. Are you asking me to build a list for you? No, I I'm, I'm like, I'm like give me give me an example. Just one. I mean, so I, I had zero. Uh, how about this? I played. I had zero practice and played an off-meta list and got top four at, at Warfare. Like, it's not impossible, 
right? I didn't play a game in three months, basically, and went there cold playing Convocation, and it was fine. You have a lot of excellent tools in there, which you're not the only affiliation that has excellent tools. It's just right. right now, some of the tools are gigantic fucking bastard swords that are obvious, and some mm. of the tools are just, I don't know, take Honey Badger with exceptional healing, and it makes a person with a giant fucking dragon trying to charge you cringe and go, there's nothing I can do right now. This really sucks. Like, yeah. there's things like that that exist. The, the, just, just having sacrifice in your list fucks it all up. Like... Things like that being used in the right place, it gives agency to everyone. It really does. Okay, thank now, you. That's this is what I'm. The, this is what I was asking for specifically. The priority yes. piece of it. You just want us to list the counters to to market no. again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think the priority no, piece just... of it that got me going in the car with Brandon is how when we played the team tournament, it felt kind of bad that there wasn't a lot that the opponents could do at times, like. We just started oh, rolling yeah. on Pete. It was like once we got the ball rolling, it was like we went yeah. killed a model. They went yeah, our tried fourth to round opponents. They literally couldn't do anything. So like they just watched us kill their models for forty five minutes. And you know, playing Cabal um, Malekith, I've done that to people too. I have tabled more people in the last three months than I have in the career. The three years of this game being out. So like, there's a thing going on now that doesn't feel good to play against. So it's like, what's the issue? And maybe it's priority. And that's what the discussion is. The discussion isn't, is Malekith unplay uh, or Hulk and all that shit, man, stagger exists on a stick. You can mm-hmm. fuck these people up bad. Like Multiple the worst things. Thing, yeah. Yeah. The worst thing that can happen is your seven point model gets staggered every turn. You don't want to turn your head and be like, I'm going to kill this three point stupid thing. Like, no, like and those then things fail exist. and then come up and then short. fail. Absolutely. <laughs> so like, you know, it it is very um, to me. It's an ocean of things you can do. There is the best out there. I mean, shit. We played War Machine for how many years? Crix was obviously the best for a very long time. Yeah, there was God. no contest test that Asphyxius Two was the most broken motherfucker forever. Yeah. But we still played that game thinking we could win, mm-hmm. unless we played Asphyxius Two, and then you just gave up. <laughs> But he, he actually did eventually break me. I lost my will to play the game at Adepticon 2016. I, I was yeah. so fucking frustrated. I was like, fuck, I'm just, I'm just going to scoop every time I play him from now on. And just to make a point, like, I'm not going to ever put my models on the table against him again. Like, it was I, like, how is this model allowed to exist? I think every game has and maybe even needs the one boogeyman. And it seems to shift in Marvel Crisis. Um, but whatever, that's fine. Um, and it's just whoever the meta decides is the boogeyman. I, I think it's Hulk. Other people are claiming Malekith, whatever. Um, I, truly, I agree. It's I don't voodoo. think it's Malekith. Yeah. No, the, the problem is for me is not Malekith. I think Malekith is really good, but he has obvious counters and obvious like counterpoints. Yeah. But the problem is the support models behind him that make that uh-huh. list okay. Like Sam, Voodoo, and Black Cat cannot exist in the game as they are. Mm-hmm. Voodoo for multiple reasons. Voodoo Especially from together. A, yeah, you can like, play like cat how, and voodoo together. Who put, who put these fucking things in the same affiliation? Like, what the fuck were you thinking? It's really weird. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, just voodoo for multiple reasons because he's one overpowered, but two, his rules literally don't work. Like every <laughs> paragraph on his fucking card is broken. It does not work the way it says it does. It's so frustrating. And at the same time, from from my perspective, I. I cannot stand a Malekith game 
so much more. Like I would rather play into Voodoo five times than Malekith five times. And maybe I'm wrong, but I, even even if Voodoo's thing invalidates my models, at least I feel like I got to do something. When Malekith just removes my models because he's already Malekith, my opponent got had to pay no tax and no power. Like he, did, he, he there was no there's no way for me to go against it. He paid for a seven cost character that gave him priority and is worth seven points of destruction. So and consistency. So I just I, I never even had my car for some of my models that I that I wanted to play that day. I, and from let, and, and this game this game it, I I do think there's definitely a, a thing to this game which is they want you to love the models they want you to care about the characters they they want you to they want you to play the models you want to play. Um, even if you want to play competitively, you still play the models you want to play while you're playing competitively. And I just it I it really turns me off that a model like Malekith now, is rewarded can I, can I for doing so, the things he wants to let, do. Let me say one thing, and it's mm-hmm. about you, Parker. Mm-hmm. The reason you can't stand Malekith is because you also enjoy rolling dice. Malekith rolls better dice than you, <laughs> and it will roll you, whereas most of the time you enjoy rolling dice on people too, mm-hmm. but you don't get an opportunity to do it because Malekith does it better than you. Well, he did it before me. Yeah, and uh, no, I'm just saying in all ways. He rolls dice better than you do. So when you're rolling dice back and forth, like, that's the thing. Like, you're not going to out-kill. Like, you, you're you just not going to do it. You have to be janky. You have to be playing sacrifice. You have to be at the right ranges. But normally, just sitting there rolling dice, and you generally have better dice than most fucking people. But Malekith has better dice <laughs> the, than you. The most frustrating thing for me, for Malekith, is that he has the no rerolls fucking yep. shield on him. That he clearly should not fucking have. No, he shouldn't. If if it wasn't for that one rule, I don't even think he's competitive. Like, but because all of the like every single time the developers like, how are we going to make this model do better damage than average? Like, just give it rerolls every fucking time. Everything in the game that increases your damage output is reroll based, and then they just say, "Oh, you can't reroll on this guy." So now it's going to be your five dice versus his four, but his skulls are actually crits and explode. You're like, so he's just better than me. And you're like, yeah, and there's really nothing you can do about it. And you're like, why? Like, It's like when Storm got the not stealth stealth power. It's mm-hmm. like, why though? Why not just give her stealth? You're like, well, we really like it when rules are already exceptions to the rule when they're first printed. I'm like, fuck off. Like, it's the worst kind of game design. I hate yeah. it so much. I'm so glad they stopped doing that. Like, we've seen other games when it's like, well... This guy has this rule, but it's not ignorable by the rule that ignores it. And you're like, well, why? Like, why did that rule exist then? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think he should have a day's side, honestly. He feels much more like a Hulk or a She-Hulk. And if you can burn him down in one, one or two goes, you should be able to. Like, I, the fact that he has a backside allows me to jam that model straight in the middle of the table. And I really don't care that much. Like Without the rerolls, I honestly don't know that... So if you gave him what like twenty health on the front, ah, I'm thinking he's even like a, he's he, like a he, seventeen. He has eighteen. Right? He's eighteen normally. Ten eight, yeah. Okay. So if you gave him just eighteen on the front, I think that would actually be better. Oh, it would be way better. No, for for Malekith. Oh no, I don't think so. I think it would be because he has the fucking no reroll shield. If it wasn't for that, I would agree with you. But like, maybe if he lost it on the backside, like Modok, like he gets weaker yeah, on the maybe. back, and you can reroll against him, then I would agree. I but think, yeah, the the problem is like who's gonna do twenty damage to you 
with your dice mechanics in one turn. Like, it's just yeah. not going to happen. Which means that if they soften you up, they could get lucky later and daze you, like, in a weird situation before you've activated yeah. and actually cost you an activation. If you had 20, 18 health, that would just never happen. Yeah. I not that so. it happens a lot, yeah. but it could happen. It, because right now, you're basically, in the middle turns, you're forced out Alec, activate Malekith first. Because if they do get lucky and daze you, you're fucked. So and so... Go ahead. Take away no rerolls on the backside and take away his throw on ferocity. Ship it. Oh, then I mean It's his throw that's I think that's the most problematic thing on his throw, card is his throw. Yeah, if he if he couldn't throw it'd be very different. Um I personally would rather just see you get rid of the rerolls and just make him fight people. Like just fight fair and and he's not a problem. Problem is he doesn't fight fair. I don't even care that he throws. Like, that's fine. People take breaks, they can deal with it. It's it's a hundred percent the no rerolls is the line in the sand for me, mm-hmm. and so if they got rid of the no rerolls, I think he's perfectly fine. If they got rid of the um, the throw, I don't really care that much, but it's probably important for some lists. They probably um, didn't need to make it any size throw. That's kind of silly. There's yeah, really put no like reason a cap for it. Three on it or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. There's a lot of stuff you could do, like not giving him immunity to but, hex. So there's actual counterplay for uh, his mechanic. I, I Malekith, we we talk about Malekith because he's the the poster child for this right now for sure. Yeah. But I mean, if it's not Malekith, it's something else, right? They're going mm-hmm. to they're going There's to gonna make be a best another piece, eight. Yeah. yeah, they're going to make another eight pointer, right? They're going to make another, and he's going to be Silver Surfer or something and be bonkers. Like they're going to make another seven pointer, and it's going to be you know, uh, uh, Adam Warlock or something. They'll just they'll just pick some character to to make stupendous, you know, again. And so this will always be a problem because as long as that character is not some some sort of, I guess, support worth that much, like they're going to make you feel like you can't play the game because they're going to be they have two benefits. They benefit from all the things they gave them because they're a seven plus pointer and they are taking priority from your opponent and and, you know, permanently affixing it to your side of the table. So, yeah. So yeah, Parker, actually, now that we're thinking about it, a thought popped in my head. You should actually be ready to go for fighting Malekith because you love playing, I think, one of the best packages against him, which is the X-23 and Honey Badger. Yeah, that's true. It and is really good. She, she, You just need a bodyguard of some kind and then exceptional healing, and he kills neither of them, and then he dies. Like, Yeah, because the Pierce, Pierce is really good on him. Because he has above average consistent blocks, but he doesn't hit on blanks, so you can pierce him. Also, like, getting... I'm actually wondering if Hawkeye would be really good against him, and we just haven't seen Hawkeye in the meta for a long time. Because it's not worth Malika's time to go kill Hawkeye, but then he just stacks up all these debuffs on him, and he's like, God, this is annoying. Like, I'm shocked, I'm slowed, like, all this well, crap. Well, Hydra Hydra handled Malekith the other day when, I, when Jeremy was playing him. Yeah, you just pile debuffs on him. He's actually not that scary. Yeah, it was... It was uh, he has poisoned and stunned, and he was like, well... Judged, that's bad. Uh, yeah, that's and bad. judged. Yeah, man, when you <laughs> fucking judged him, that was legitimate yeah. problem. Yeah, he's immune to stun, but good job. Sorry, Jeez. not stun. Yeah. stun. It, it was judge. I was, it was judge. <laughs> he judged me. But it's a uh, shock and incinerate is pretty big on him. Like just reduce his dice pool. I was. I think also trip up needs to be coming back into the meta. Like being able to stagger him with anybody and not having to do it with just like one model that you have is big. Are I people would keep say. Using- Disarm. People keep using disarm on me. I've been had that a few times lately. Oh yeah, disarm's good. It's restricted though, right? Uh, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. So and that that's a hard give up, but with how prevalent he is, I think it's fine. 
Another thing that does work well is um, something I thought about is any character that can react to do something that turn, like Ronan actually. All Ronan did was pick up two hammers and then die, but he died twice <laughs> and did something awesome both times. Like he, it was great. So, oh, do you get to use the hammers on the backswing? Yeah, because he hasn't been not, dazed he's yet. Not, he's not done yet. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, he hit me nice. real hard. That's yes. it. So yeah, there he was hit me real hard. Ronan shoved that stick right up your ass. Like Ronan's saber tooth, saber tooth especially because he could exceptional heal and did hit you back. Like there's a bunch of yeah, yeah, that's probably okay. I mean, I don't know if it's... The thing is, if you already... I'm not saying you take them because it's a Malekith counter. I'm just saying mm-hmm. if you're already taking them. Like you just said, I, self, yeah. I love playing Honey Badger and, and X-23, and they're also good at him, so... There's yeah, just I, well, one last point I want to get through before yeah. we, we officially transition out of the priority conversation. Aaron, I know we've had talks before about um, your point cost once the game starts is irrelevant, right? Like, the it's not it's no longer a valuable stat. Unless you're like playing cloning vats or something, uh, have you ever considered playing down points to get more narrow than your opponent? I have not. No. Would you consider it now that I bring it up? Like it you're is- in the Malekith mirror, and it's like, okay, well, I know he's only going three wide, and I could do like Hulk Malekith at fifteen and just play down two points, but he's gonna bring three models. So I don't play tall lists personally. However. Yeah, but- I would, if I did, I would absolutely entertain that, yes. Okay. I just gave a weapon to the enemy, guys. <laughs> oh, no. Malik is coming too wide. Let's go. <laughs> too wide. Too wide. <laughs> too wide at 15. What could go wrong? All right. That was just my last thought. Because I know a lot of people have been ta- were talking at Warfare. It's like, yeah, I knew that, you know, they won priority and I couldn't get like more narrow than they were going to, I knew they were going to go. Like, so yeah. I was basically just screwed from the beginning. Like yeah, but yeah. cycle Why? back real quick to Parker's comment about priority, not Malekith. Screw that dude. Mm. Um, about invulnerability and core game mechanics. Again, I like the uh, just roll randomly every time that Brandon didn't. But what if uh, when you flipped from being dazed, you got an, invul- an invulnerability token that made you immune to damage until you activated? No, your first turn, you remove all invulnerability tokens from your models. Okay, so you have to activate them first, basically, but... Your choice, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. I was thinking about something kind of like that, but mine was going to be, that's how priority switches, is whoever had the most characters dazed or KO'd gets priority the next turn, has nothing about who activates last. So let's say we're fighting, you have three guys, I have five guys, but you daze one of my models and I daze none of yours, I get priority. I could see that too. How how disheartening is it when... (laughs) You had all your models days, but one, and then you go with that last one, and you're like, "Son of a bitch! I gave you. You still have priority." <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. It feels pretty yeah. bad. It feels horrible. <laughs> you're like, "Oh, cool. Wong will move over here. Your turn. We'll count the dead." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just look at all his dead friends. Anyway, just wanted to bring that full circle since we got a little sidetracked on Malhate. On the topic of playing down points, I want to give a shout out to our friend Stu in St. Louis. He he gave me the idea of playing down points. <laughs> Shh. Shh. You don't need to know how. <laughs> Man. You ruined it. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's probably going to wrap it up for us. We're way over time. And I know Aaron's probably falling asleep with his old time ways. What? Why are you flipping me off? I was mm. just pointing out facts. 
All right. Uh, well, this has been Brandon. And Parker. Still Jeremy. And Aaron. And you've just listened to I Only Play the Best Game. So what are we going to call this thing? I got it. Okay. Incredible, new, fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original, uncanny, sensational podcast. I'm just going to put down infamous. Oh, no, I was just going to, did you guys go see Black Panther yet, or are we going to go no. see it Friday? There's two things. We. What's this we shit? I don't know. One second, I got to grab some. Is it out Aaron, you Friday? said you did not go see it. Have not yet seen it. Correct. Yeah. Probably waiting for Thanksgiving weekend with the family. My boys went and saw it. Yeah. And they are dying to spoil it. And I'm like, I've never hit you as hard as I, I've never hit you as hard as I can before. Like, <laughs> you want to see you want to see how hard I can hit like don't fuck with me the kids yeah I'm like do not fuck with me and they just laugh and giggle about it and they're like you, you want me to spoil it did they, they say it was the best movie word. that's ever been made before like they did with Spider-Man um, I'll give you their review the review is it's long okay they, they liked that's it that's not great yeah. okay that's not great when kids are like it's too long like if kids aren't even entertained, uh, no, ten year olds have an attention span. Like, oh yeah, that means that means jack and shit. Like, when somebody when when a when a child tells me it was too long, I go okay, so it could have been forty five seconds long, but it didn't have a meme or a TikTok in it. Yeah, fuck <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, the thing is, is they do watch. Like, they'll sit there and watch Endgame with me and not complete. They just like rock and roll the whole time. So yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Is I know your kids sit through long movies. Yeah, like so. Lord of the Rings and all that. Like they're not bad about it, but they said it's good, but it's long. So there you go. There's the review. It sounds like it peters off. Is why they say Maybe. it's long. Yeah. Brandon desperately <clears throat> wants this movie to be bad. I think it's. Hilarious. I don't want it to be bad. I'm I'm just trying to set the expectation bar low enough that I enjoy it, which is going to be like fucking. How could super it be lower? Low. How could it be lower? You no, have been be shit talking this be, movie at every. It could be single a DC moment. movie. <laughs> Oh, you have tried so hard. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe maybe I've looked at this the wrong way. Instead of you dreading this movie, you've actually just been trying to make sure that this movie doesn't disappoint you by... No, there's, the re- there's one reason this movie could never be as good as it could have been. And that's that they decided not to put Doom in it. That was <laughs> the biggest mistake they made in all of the production of this movie is they didn't put Doom in it. They, they- put Doom in it, I would be fucking... So hyped about this movie, well, I would have been waiting. Let's line be to see fair; it. there have been lots of movies with Doctor Doom that have not been good. <laughs> so it's not like <laughs> so it's you not understand like... by trying to lower the bar, because those movies were all better than this one solely by the fact they had Doom in it. No, no, <laughs> no. Yes, <laughs> strong disagree. Rise of the Silver Surfer is going to be better than this movie because it had Doom in it. No. And it, it actually pains me to say that Rise of the Silver Surfer is the best representation of Doom in a movie. And it's painful to say that. Man. Whew. I don't know. You've, you've lost a lot of viewership today. I don't think you this lost is gonna hurt. What I said is factually correct. Now they're just going like, to tune in for the next Give me an argument that it's not. Say. Give me one argument that it's not.
Because the the first Fantastic Four Doom was definitely worse. I'm trying to think of an animated Doom I know of. (laughs) Oh no, like no, we're talking movie, not like animated cartoon. Like of the two movies he's been in, the Rise of the Silver was the best representation of Doom. It was the worst of the three movies. But he was actually kind of Doom for like like it was a shitty like bastardized version. But they at least were generally close to what Doom is supposed to be. As where the first movies are like, what if he's just Frankenstein? You're like, that's not what. <laughs> Why did you decide this? You're like, no reason. You're like, okay, thanks. Wow. You know, everyone's gonna go see this movie because their favorite characters are in it, and you decide to remake one of the most important characters into something he has never even been close to being, and you're like, yeah. They're like. Why? And he's like, because I want to show how good of a writer I am. It's like, well, you've done that. You've shown everyone exactly how good of a writer you are. Mm. Never worked again. Oh. I see the I see the appeal from like a writer's perspective that, you know, you could try really, really hard to make a character good enough for everyone who loves him already because it's an established character with a huge mm. like cultural presence. You know, I could see how some writers would be so intimidated by that. They would want to just go the other direction. Just say, I'm just going to make Dr. Doom completely. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a 12-year-old girl. Um, it's, you know, he's going to have, okay. he's, he's going to be We're breaking barriers. Like, yeah, it's going to be like, no, just the really, problem is... just like, just go totally, just go totally sideways with it. Just so nobody can possibly recognize your version mm-hmm. of Dr. Doom from the original version. And, because I get it. How many, how many you know, uh, a Star Trek reboot Spock's can there be, right? That's a, well, that's, I, My mind immediately goes to that when I go, okay, how can you take a character everyone loves, do him again, and have nobody mad at you? Spock from the new Star Treks. Like, that, that's like, that's the bar. Uh, like, Heath Jesus. Ledger's Joker. Uh, I, I don't know if I put him in the same category because the Joker has been reimagined and was reimagined like eight times before Heath Ledger's mm-hmm. Joker. Right, and but that's so, unan- unanimously accepted by everyone. Is where the other ones were like, I like this one more, I like this one more. Like, yeah, it had been done enough times that it's okay. not a surprise. Right. But yeah, the new Spock was good. That, yeah. um, was specific- but the problem is, like, in general, that. Hollywood is basically just a big political clusterfuck. And so the people getting assigned to these movies are not anyone who gives a shit about the source material. Like, as a young director, you're like, I really want to make this movie that I have in my head. I want to get this out into the public. But you wait your turn in line until you curry enough favor to get assigned to a movie. And it's probably a movie you don't give a fuck about. And you're trying as hard as you can to turn it into your vision. And it has nothing to do with the, like, the, it's like a board game. Like a Euro board game. It's like, this board game is about camels traveling across the desert. But it has nothing to do with that. It's just a skin they put over the top of the board game mechanics. It could be shrimp swimming in the ocean. It doesn't matter. It's just mechanics, right? I made this resource mechanic that makes you do this to get this. And it's really interesting and fun to play with. And then we put camel skin on it. And now it's a camel game. Like, it has nothing to do with camels. But they try and do that with, like, movies, which the sole purpose is to tell a story. And you're telling a story about a character that is beloved and you bastardize it to do your own shit with. And people don't like that generally. It's very rare that someone makes a movie and takes a huge left turn and people end up liking it. The next time Yet you they speak repeatedly of, do it. The next time you speak of James Cameron this way, I'm going to leave uh-huh. the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Who's James Cameron? I mean, what in relevance to this story? Avatar. 
Oh, you mean he remade Pocahontas? And you're like, oh my god, <laughs> Pocahontas and this uh, is Dance so with amazing. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's like the new coming of Christ movie. They're like, yeah. there can never be anything better than Avatar. Mm-hmm. We we talked we had this conversation. I don't want Aaron to yeah. to have a conniption. Um, it gets a no, minus no, ten. Oh, no, it wasn't Aaron. Who who is that? I was having a conniption. Aaron Aaron had no opinion because he's Aaron. Who is it that had? It's always a hard time having conniptions. <laughs> No, the movie sucks. <laughs> Aaron, I, I, you have amazing opinions, just not about popular media. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? You, you really, you had a face, just like, where'd that come from? <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. Okay. Uh, it wasn't Aaron. It was Brandon. It was other Brandon. Uh, shout out to other Brandon, uh, big friend of the show. He really He's not hates a of the show. He, he really hates, hates us. No, he, he really hates us. He likes us a lot. I think. I think we're, he likes us a lot. If I was going to put a word on it, I would say bosom buddy is what I would put it. Um, <laughs> that's not one word. That's that's what I said if I was going to put a word on it. And I picked two words. Um, the point is, I think he, he had a, he had a he had strong words, strong mouthfeel about uh, Avatar. Well, is he, that feels, that? he feels strongly about lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why you brought that up, Jeremy? Because we were, we were just talking about... Were you there? I just remember happy? the Avatar thing. Yeah. He said that... Uh, what was it? Multiverse of Madness was worse than Eternals. That's, That's what it was. Yeah. That was the deal breaker for me. I was like... I was <laughs> and you're listening. like, all right, I've lost all respect for your opinions. Like, I was listening and then I away. realized that he was in a different universe in his mind. He was riding the waves of insanity. And I just didn't yeah. know it until that came out. <laughs> I did start watching, um, what is it, Andor? Oh, yeah? I watched the first three. That was pretty cool. Mm. I will continue. I will continue. I will continue. Bringing endorsement. I don't know the actor's name, but the one, the old guy. Yes. Um, he plays um, the, doc, the, the scientist doctor in Thor as well. But his character in the show is really cool. I think the last episode might have jumped the shark a bit. But I think they're, like, they want to play his character up to be a big deal. But it was... I was up to it until the point that the obvious shark jump happens. I was like, okay, well, that's too far. I actually said out loud in my room alone, okay, that's too far. <laughs> like, like they, they went over the line. I was like, all right, this guy's clearly a badass. And I was all for it until, like, okay, that's just stupid. Yeah, I'm entertained enough. I will continue, and I will finish it. Yeah, the first three were definitely the the worst three, just because it's so slow building up to it, mm-hmm. and then it it really takes off. I enjoyed the little robot. Yeah, the little robot's funny. I'm very much that. like a uh, Wally. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. I'm I'm interested. Episode eleven is out now. Uh, Ed Parker, I think you'll be able to watch three episodes before the show's over. You can go ahead and jump on it. <laughs> it does. Um, it's pretty cool that. It, it feels Star Wars, but it also doesn't feel Star Wars. Like, it, it, it it's really cool. It's cool that they finally, like, managed to, I think we talked about this last time, use the Star Wars universe for good storytelling and not have to worry about um, having Jabba the Hutt, like, right there to catch him. Yeah, they're not, like, it's okay not to follow the same fucking yes. five characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's not a giant Wookiee, like, standing there. 
you know that's the problem that's the biggest problem with star wars universe is like they keep com- like trying to compel you with how vast the universe is like tell a different story then like like not only did you only follow the same six fucking characters but you literally rewrote the same movie like three times like you just played the same movie three times it's like come on man <laughs> like how many times can you have to go kill the big base like like guys we get it it was a cool story oh, to like expand not, at the risk of going backwards I'm about to go backwards. Um, <laughs> so it's going didn't, backwards. It's happening. Didn't you? It's happening. Didn't you just get done saying a movie is better because your favorite character is in it? When you're talking about like Doctor Doom, because Doctor Doom's in doing it, it's it well, sure. But no, there's you can do the same people and also expand. And they were terrified to expand because they just wanted to follow the script, right? Like every time they tried to do anything different, people hated it. Not because it was different, because it was bad. And so there's like, we'll just do the same thing over again. What could go wrong? And Force Awakens came out, which was fine. It was a good movie and I liked it. But like, like how many of these fucking like important pivotal plot points happen on the desert planet Tatooine? Mm-hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> like, there's more interesting places in the universe than the desert. No, you'll get you'll get no argument from me. I I think it's really silly that they don't. But at the same time, I guess my thing is, if you're going to write a sci-fi story and you don't care about anything in the Star Wars universe, you're just going to have a sci-fi story that you care about. Why even put in the Star Wars universe? I I, I know why. I know why ostensibly from a production standpoint, because putting the Star Wars universe on it will make you more money because people will go see it just because it has the Star Wars, you know, above mm-hmm. it. It's a Star Wars presents Andor, right? And then you're like, oh, well, people will come and see it more. But I, and I know no one will go see your awesome sci-fi movie if it's just called Andor. No one gives a shit, I guess, is everybody's point. But I guess my point then is I would, if you're going to call it Star Wars and you don't put in an X-Wing at some point or something that make it recognizably Star Wars, is it Star Wars? When did something stop being just stop being Star Wars? Why even call it a Star oh, Wars story it, at this point? It's definitely Star Wars. It's Star okay. Wars. You need okay. to watch Andor. Like, okay. You really do. I, I the think, thing I love most yeah. about it is they, they show you an angle of Star Wars you've never seen before, and it makes the rest of Star Wars better for it. Okay. And I don't want to say anything more because yeah. it will spoil stuff. But sure. like, it makes all of the things you thought before more true by seeing the story mm-hmm. okay. from a different perspective. And I absolutely love it for that. Like, I care more about Star Wars after seeing the 11 episodes of Andor than I probably did up until seeing Rogue One, which I felt made the whole story that much more important. Like seeing, like when you see the passing scene of, you know, we went through a great struggle to get this information to defeat the baddies. Mm-hmm. It's all just empty words until you see why they're the baddies mm-hmm. and what they sacrificed to get it. Like, that means so much more than anything else that would happen in the movie. Okay. So, like, for example, my biggest problem with Star Wars is the difference between Bo- Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is what I want, and The Book of Boba Fett is what they keep trying to give me. So, The Book of Boba Fett is just fan service callbacks internet memes and then Mandalorian is new fresh material that exists. That is what I actually want. Mm-hmm. It's like, we need Boba Fett riding a rancor fighting a bunch of random dudes. Like, no, we don't like 
cool sure it's cool like but like what else did you do and they're like really, literally nothing like we just did fan service the entire season and you're well, like okay cool well actually to be fair they that that is ostensibly not true this this the episode before the last one has nothing to do with boba fett and it's just the mandalorian doing what you described which is original stuff and part of the universe we don't see right yeah that was the best part of the season yes it was because, the, by far the best part yeah because everything that had boba fett on and yeah the diehard fans of Boba Fett, they did the character well. Sure. Total props. They didn't mess it up. Mm-hmm. But it's just exclusively fan service. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, that's cool. Not for like 12 episodes, though. Like, come on. Like, I enjoyed the show, but it's just objectively worse than everything The Mandalorian has done. You'll get zero argument from me. 100%. Yeah. I love the book of Boba Fett for the last two episodes featuring the Mandalorian. I I actually think I enjoy Andor more than the Mandalorian at this point. Okay. And I don't know. Maybe it's just recency bias, but man, it feels, it's a fun watch. I would watch a hundred episodes of Andor and be intrigued the entire time. I, I would have a hard time with that because of my bitter taste of the original, you know, Andor, but I, but but I I will, I will try it. Yeah, I will try it. I definitely think you're going to end up liking it more than you want to. Okay. Because it, I think it actually fills in that void that you felt was missing. Like the, the justification for character development that you never got. Mm-hmm. Like the, what is it called? The, the nuclear point or whatever. Uh, to be fair, and I'll, well, this is not what this podcast is about. We can start talking about MCP. No. But I think Din Djarin, <laughs> No. Like, well, you, what are you talking about? Star Wars is MCP now. Haven't you heard? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I actually think Din Djarin, as much as I love the show, I think he himself would be a very una- unappealing, unexciting character to follow. Except that's not really what the show is about. The show is about him and Grogu. Like that's what it's actually mm-hmm. about. So that is a really fun like character dynamic to watch. But Din Djarin by himself is extremely boring. He's very boring. The guy who doesn't have speaking lines, yeah, that guy's pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. He's just he's he is now all the side characters he meets are wonderful. All the, mm-hmm. you know, the, his relationship to Grogu is fantastic, and again, a lot of it nonverbal, but still wonderful. It's it's a, but it's also I got to this style is very Western, right? That's how yeah. a lot of Western protagonists are. Western protagonists are typically very boring to watch. Um, what was the the director that did all the Clint Eastwood movies? His like. They're like, what would you like to say about Clint Eastwood? And since he's been your star in like the last four movies, he's like, he's good at one thing, looking angry and grunting. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's, that's enough. Like, that's all you need. Yeah. It's funny. Ironically, Clint Eastwood, when he directs a Western, it's nothing like that. It's very yeah. full of dialogue and, and development of the main character, but. Yeah. All right. Well, we should probably get into it. What do you guys think? Let's do it. Let's I'm go. Let's do it. MCP. Let me uh let me get my phone ready. Where is my phone? There it is. Pull up my notes. I'm doing it again. Did I actually post last week's episode as I delete my edit notes? <laughs> yeah, you did. Because then the people at I know I did. I just every week I'm like, did I forget to post the episode? <laughs> and then I'm like remembering back. Nigel definitely would have messaged me if we had forgotten to post it. Yeah. Nigel messages me on Friday mornings because he know I'm he knows I'm supposed to be editing. He's like, "Where's my episode?" Oh no, he <laughs> posted it in the general chat. That's like he. Yeah. No, he messages me directly on Facebook chat. He's like, "Where is it? <laughs> get work. Awesome. Get to work." Like he's always like, "I'm out of content. I need something to listen to." That's awesome. I like that. Yeah, I like Nigel. Nigel's fun. No, I I also just like that somebody cares that much about the content we make that they're yeah that interested. 
Um, sir, we're the number one Always Sunny in Philadelphia inspired Marvel Crisis <laughs> Protocol podcast recorded in the state of Kansas and Missouri Man. in Sri Lanka right now. Just when I thought we'd made it before. Yeah, I know. I should have saved the fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to? Here, I'll check our stats real quick. Like it's just, I mean, the problem is at this point, you're not going to see a huge spike anymore. Like we're too big, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that number is larger than I expected. Uh, now that I said that, Uh-oh. holy shit. Did we do something? Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but uh, in the last week, we've had four times as many listens as the previous month. Hells yeah. <laughs> holy shit. Start charging, oh, motherfuckers. That is a big number. We had 151 listens in on November 12th. Wow. That's a, yeah, so our previous estimated audience size was like 70. Now it says 135. Nice. We've hit critical <laughs> mass. Dang. Wow, this is actually like really, really exciting. <laughs> this is the largest <laughs> jump I think we've had in a long I'm time. I'm so hard right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never been so hard. Okay, it looks even better when you look at it over three months than one month. All right, here, I'm going to show you guys a screenshot. Actually, I'll just share my screen. That'll be easier. Share screens. Uh, I actually just want to share the application. Uh, which fucking... There we go. All right. Can you guys see this? Oh, my God. Look at that spike. That's like the housing wow. market. Boom. So here, that's the that's the 30-day view. Look at the, nine, the three-month view. Whoa. That's still huge. <laughs> man, oh, man. Boom. That's the biggest spike we've had in a very long... Here's the all-time. It's loading. We only had one spike larger, and that was April 23rd? April that was 26th. after Adepticon. Yeah, the week at, weekend after Adepticon when everybody like, like heard me talking about our podcast. Everybody checked it out. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't anything... I guess Warfare was recent, but that was like two weeks ago. Anyway. Yeah, cool. That is, I was not expecting a big spike today. I'm glad I checked. Oh, boy. Anyway, cool. All right, let me get a timestamp and we'll get started. That's a good one. I think that actually was a good one. Sorry for all the clacking. I got to write in show notes. I'm really glad I actually had a, an opportune place to talk about how I felt after the last cast because I did not like I, I was rather I really liked what you guys said and realized that what I said was not what I want. You I was getting actively angry the more you spoke last time. You were, acting you were like, like a bitch. You're like it's just over. I'm like Parker, you've played five games in three months. Like no, calm the fuck down. No, no, like, I, yeah, because because I just had if I listen to you guys all the time, which is what you're right. All I've done is listen to you guys mostly. Um, I get the sense that, gosh, what what is there to do? Like, where is where is the end of the where is the end of this road yeah. other than a dark place? And maybe that says something about the content or the, or the, I, or the, I just, the state well, of this game. But even if it was as like prolific and oppressive as everyone claims that Malekith is, which is definitely not the case, it is mm-hmm. it is definitely popular. Um, and it's going through its normal cycles and everything. Like the game goes in big cycles. But even if it was that commonplace, you, like people act like the game is over. And it's like, how often do you play against Malekith? Like, like whoever's like making this claim. Like, 
Does like someone at your store refuse to play anything but Malekith or something? Like, what's where is this coming from? This is like Parker, for example. It's like how many games have you played against Malekith? Probably less than a half dozen. Yeah, yeah. That's and so it's like right. he's like, who fucking cares? Like, even if it's the most popular thing in the world, even if what twenty percent of your games are against it, like I think we'll be okay. Well, also, like, that's why I mentioned something today, which is I was wrong, mm-hmm. but I I, so, I, I would yeah. also like to know what to do. What in the combined, sorry, go ahead. No, you. That's all. So in the combined uh, team tournament and individual tournament that I went to Warfare, uh, I played eight games. I played three of the eight games in Amalekith. Guess how many games I lost? Three. Three. Every game in Amalekith. Mm-hmm. Just take well, it. Jeremy, take it as Jeremy's a data defense, point. Uh, Jeremy didn't lose all of his games to Amalekith. He lost some other games too. <laughs> <laughs> Guess how many games I lost with Malekith? Zero. One. One. Oh, that's true. I did lose one. the one. <laughs> it's okay. I was there for that one. <laughs> our opponents when played I... Malekith, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it that one to you. Our opponents also played Malekith. <laughs> that's true. Anyway, right, I, so t- I put. Good. I said I posted Wait. in the podcast yeah. uh, channel. How dare you? I know the quote unquote solved list from two of oh, the yeah. uh, extremely uh, well renowned. Uh, players. This is Mike's list, right? Uh, it's actually Magic Nick's list, but it might be the exact same. It's not. It's not the same as Mike's. Sorry, Voldemort's, because uh, they have a couple. Of different... You said his name. <laughs> Shit. You said his name. I know, right? Um, they, he has a couple of different uh, crises that are swapped up. You yelled at me when I called him Lord Voldemort, and you're like, he doesn't deserve the honorific. He's just playing meta cheese. <laughs> Well, no, nothing against him. He is a great player. But I know, yeah, Mike's um, clearly a good player. Yeah, uh, yes. I, I love the a lot. So you were complaining that he he says that he's just playing the um, the meta stuff, so he'll get nerfed, which is what he says in person. But I actually appreciate that he's saying that because by by putting that information out in the world, it puts it on the devs to to recognize that this is a problem. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think Malakas the problem. It's the it's the the core broken Avengers combo. Cuz I know they want Avengers to be popular, but like Voodoo needs to be fixed, Black Cat needs to be fixed, and Sam probably needs to be fixed. Like those three things are more oppressive than anything else here we're talking about. And then Malakith and Hulk get on the list for me. Like, those other models are so much more of a problem than the two big guys. I, I, I will say this, though. I am still waiting, and maybe this is also, you know, my fault. I don't just wait for you guys to do it. And we talked a little bit about a few other options here. But I'm still waiting for the, the, the thing that I discover that does the opposite of what you guys see, right? Like, every time, so we play tested a bunch, and Malekith has a really hard time beating it, right? Which is something that I've seen, you know, um, Asphyxius 2 is a good example of somebody that we never could really find that. I hope Malekith's not that. Um, it's not Yeah, that. there was only, uh, there's only like two lists in the game he couldn't reliably beat. Mm-hmm. and But that was the thing, like, like Asphyxius 2 in War Machine was like a 58% win rate list. Or something at like at like high level competitive tournaments, not like noob stomp locals, like mm-hmm. the best players in the world playing known matchups and counters. It was like a fifty eight percent win rate, and that was allowed to exist for ten years. And we kept playing that game. Mm-hmm. I don't think Malekith is there. Like no. I really don't. 
And so, like, and the the fact that, like, people are freaking out, I'm like, dude, you need to chill. Like, it's going to be okay. Like, I was going to save this for the uh, Longshanks data dump that we're never going to do. No, save it. Mm. Save it. I think what he's it? right. I don't think we'll, I think, by the time, I think by the time we do it, there'll be another Longshanks data dump. Well, it's, it, it, so it <laughs> no, updates no, every I, week. I know it's a Malekith thing, right? Like, it it's is. a Malekith stat. What yeah, is, what is Malekith's win rate? 72%. 94.8. It is Jesus Christ. Okay, I would be complaining. Eighty percent, eighty percent, eighty percent. See, the problem is like, what is the data? Like, where's the data being? No, no, just say no. That's not a problem. Tell me the number. It's a problem for me. (laughs) It's flawed data. Go ahead. Sixty-five percent. Yeah, I figured it was something like that. Which is by far the highest win rate of any leader in the game. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, I'm selling my models. What's the next highest? I'm out. 57? Yeah, don't tell me who it is. It's just, yeah. okay, 57. Which is still problematic. So That is problematic. Personally, 47 to 53, I think is... Uh, it's 45, 55 is pretty much industry standard, but yeah. Sure. Um, and there's going to be outliers. That's just your goal range. Right, right. Uh, so when you see the 57, you're like, uh, probably a little overtuned. Yeah. Uh, we can well, you know, the, dial them yeah, back. The, but 65 yeah. is fucking insane. It's yeah, fine. fine. But what's the data? Like, is that all Longshanks tournaments for last month? Uh, last year. Last year. They are yeah. all reported Longshanks games in the past year. What's the quantity of games? 15,400. For Malekith? No. Or just 15,400? For total games. Because Malekith hasn't been out for a year. Correct. So he's probably got the lowest sample size of all the leaders. Uh, you are so fucking wrong. He's got well, five times the game is sin. Cyclops exists. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like the actual leaders in the game, not the fake uh, leaders. He's actually have... really fucking high. Yeah, because he's popular. But... Uh, he has more plays than Thanos over the past year as a leader, or as in games? a leader. So it doesn't track yeah, that I... non-leaders, yeah. but yeah. Um, and this is another thing, like like so. You're only talking about Cabal plays, then you're not even talking I... about like Malekith in Avengers. Correct. That data. And might so all exist. Of that's going to Sam. Like that's this is why like people love to quote like Longshanks data. I'm like, okay, but what what actual data are you showing me? It's like, yep. so yeah, I don't I don't know that that's very valuable. Uh, now I actually think it goes a long way to saying that he is very good because only games where he's a leader is he carrying, and it's probably actually a higher win rate than that if you count all the games that he's not playing in Cabal. Correct. Yes, it is not infallible data. Completely agree. But I don't think that makes it invaluable. It's not invaluable. It's a high sample size. But I'd like to know how many games he's... 750. Okay. Games where Malekith was the Cabal leader, uh, and he won 60... Oh, it's down to 64% now. I'm entering false data. Trash. As we speak. (laughs) (laughs) I just happened to lose the last 22 games I played. Just give me time. (laughs) And see, the thing is, what you guys reminded me of last last week was that should excite me, not make me despair, because yeah. that tells me, okay, I only got to be now. One I person. now I know what to put a target on. And here's yeah. the thing that I that I mentioned last week. This happened exactly to me in X Wing. There was a list that used uh, Dingar and a um, uh, a 
Asajj Ventress. And everybody was playing it because it, it was two models, just kind of like this, right? Two models, so you didn't have a lot to manage. It, it, was, it, was, it wasn't idiot-proof, but it was pretty darn simple. And because these two models were better than all the other two models in the game, you would just leverage that and win. It was very similar to the situation. And I built something that just shat all over it. And there was nothing anybody else could do legitimately with those two models against mine. And it had play against others. It, it wasn't, yeah, so it, I didn't just get sell a free out. win versus the medalist. Right. And, and everyone else you play a game. Right, right. And so I, I'm looking for that in this game. I'm looking for that. Like, where is, where is that here in this game? So and and I'm, it makes me sad is, that I can't find it yet. It's S.H.I.E.L.D. or X-Men. If you really I wondered want if it's X-Men. I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's, it's X-Men. I think I Shield, like Shield is the best, to be honest. I feel like Web Warriors should have a game into it too, because you get you get Gwen affiliated, and you have a lot of ways to like move him, move stuff off points, and just try and outscore him. But I don't know, is he that deadly? Like, does he just kill you that quickly? Fucking, you guys played him. You tell me. I didn't play Web Warriors. That's what I'm saying. No, I meant you played Mal. I think uh, it's, we I think it's question. I think it's question. No, I haven't seen. I haven't seen a Web Warriors player in over a year. That's my point. Yeah, they just kind yeah. of they kind of all just quit, huh? Yeah. Well, people quit playing Web Warriors when criminals were just better. And then criminals got uh, quote unquote nuked. And so they're unplayable trash now. And then and then Shadowlands came out and everyone played that. And then Malekith came out. Apparently he shits on that. So why even bother, right? I will say I will say that criminals does do well against spiders. Uh, I found so, mm. so the Shadowlands Daredevil, Shadowlands Daredevil criminals does. So there's something to be said why people have why there was a big, there was enough meta shifts for for Web Warriors to be less appealing. That's for true. Well, like Web Warriors are supposed to be awesome versus Elite List, like because they only have to control three people to score all the points. Mm-hmm. Now maybe they're just bad into the other people in the meta, and it doesn't work. But like, if you go three wide versus Web Warriors, I don't see how you table them fast enough. Well, aren't okay? Remind me. I'm not. I'm, I'm asking because like, you have played a lot more Web Warriors mm-hmm. than me, and it, the two times I played them, I hated them so instantly. But the are, aren't a lot of their stuff size restricted? How are they moving Malekith around? What is the thing? Webline's not webline, but that moves them closer. Are, is, are they not worried about <laughs> well, that? You don't care where he's standing as long as it's not contesting a point, right? Okay. Like he's going to get to somebody every turn, and then you just you just ignore the fact that attrition exists and play around him, and so you're okay. you're trying to deny his efficiency. So like you'll stagger him and like throw him away or something or push him away or whatever have you because like. Venom can move him, uh, Peter can move him, and Miles, or not not Miles, Gwen can move him, for sure. And I'm I, I'm sure there's another way in there somewhere. Um, and you could also take, like, Hulkbuster if you wanted to, to try and manage him. And so Hulkbuster's shoving him out of the game as hard as he can, and then just dealing with Malekith on a one-by-one basis, and then your other web warriors are scoring all the points. I say, I say Hulkbuster sounds like a really great meta add for web warriors, yeah, for that mm-hmm. reason. Anyway, that's just off the cuff. Like we, I was just thinking about it. I would like to sit down tomorrow at the shop with all my cards and everything, and then we'd maybe do some actual like list build tinkering. I will be there after four. Yep. Unfortunately, Parker won't be there at all. I heard he got banned. <laughs> yeah, he's banned. I heard that too. Yeah, I don't. I, it's not like I don't understand why. As but, soon as I, mm-hmm. as soon as I see that Parker guy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell him what for. <laughs> tell, tell that guy he's banned. Yeah. <laughs> I, put, I put the picture on Facebook everywhere to make sure. I love how it. quickly, like, 
I make this post every time. Like, Parker's like, I'm going to be there at this time. It's like, in unrelated news, Parker's been banned from the Geekery Effective, like, <laughs> one hour before he's going to be there. And today, it got, like, nine reactions in two minutes. Like, it was, everyone was on it. They're like, yes, finally, his comeuppance. Not everybody posted that. Not everybody. Everyone. Every, we it got was, 100. It was not, oh, yes, finally, reactions. comeuppance. That was not comeuppance. In four seconds. People That's grinned. What... <laughs> That's it's what probationary funny. episodes are for. We can ban you from things. We can use them to for sodas. It, it's crazy the amount of things they're good for. You know what's really fun? Being D. It's really fun on this podcast. <laughs> Being, gotta say, yeah. lo- love being D all the time. Yeah. So, Parker, do you want to talk about the thing we we said we talk about later, and then we can wrap it? Yeah, I'll just say this. It's not a long thing, which is uh, about Shatterpoint. Uh, I don't have any interest in Shatterpoint, not because Shatterpoint might not be a great game, but because I really like this game. And my only concern is that I hope, I just I just hope that Shatterpoint doesn't somehow take away from my ability to play this game because players are going to go, oh, but it's not Shatterpoint. And I'll go, oh, fuck you. Like it's, <laughs> do you remember this Marvel game that was great and had absolutely nothing wrong with it, but because it was so skinned? This... In Star this Wars, reminds me of like when everyone started playing Guild Ball instead of War Machine because they had gripes with War Machine or whatever. Not that, not like Guild Ball didn't have its issues. Um, but anyway, um, so Guild Ball was a different scale game. It was a skirmish game instead of an army scale game, but the the mechanics were very similar, and the the way you measured everything, the way you moved models was almost identical. Because and they actually got accused of literally xeroxing their rulebook. Like it was so bad. Um, but anyway, so every event you went to, it was like the two games were competing for players mm-hmm. and it was very off putting and gross. It was yeah. like, guys, why are we trying to poach each other's players? Like, let's just all chill. And it was just, it was just very annoying. And so, yeah, I don't want that to happen again. Uh, and having two games that have exactly the, cause I don't know what you guys are expecting, but Shatterpoint looks like it's literally going to be Marvel crisis protocol, but with star Wars models, <laughs> Like, there's even grunts. Guys, like, did you see the grunts? Like, yeah. And so, if it's the same fucking game, that's going to be really annoying. Because it's going to be fine. I don't care if people play a Star Wars version of Marvel. And I'll probably buy a corset or something and play, like, they have some cool-looking models. Like, they look fine. Getting to use Darth Maul to murder people sounds fun. Like, I'm not going to lie. But if it's, like, so similar that it's directly competing, that seems like a real bad idea. And I, I it's just like, why would you... Why would you produce a game that directly competes with your it, own fucking it's, game? It's like, like, it seems the, so weird. It's the subway business model. Did you know there's more subways on the planet than all other franchises? Like it's really it's a, yes, subway restaurants. Okay. There are more subways than all other restaurant chains. Not combined, but just mm-hmm. there's there's not and it's not even close. And it's because Subway has this terrible business model where they have absolutely zero restrictions on proximity. And in fact, the opposite. They constantly encourage the opening of new subways regardless of proximity. And so they're constantly cutting into their own business. And it is a it is a terrible terrible business model it just doesn't work it's untenable and so i i just don't want this game to go the way of subway i don't want i don't want there to be yeah. another another uh starbucks right across the street from my yeah. starbucks i don't like I don't for example it. right now we play marvel on monday at tabletop and we play on thursday at the geekery and then if 
Shatterpoint comes out and a lot of people are going to overlap because a lot of our people are Star Wars fans. So now we've got people buying models for two games, painting models for two games, and trying to play games on two different nights for two different games. It's like people are going to get burnt out real fast. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the only thing I'm worried about. I think Shatterpoint's probably going to be a great game and I think people are going to have fun playing it. I just don't want to deal with the same people overlapping into a second game. It just, it always turns out bad. One game always suffers for it. And I imagine it would be Shatterpoint after it gets the flash in the pan popularity. I imagine it would have a huge, kind of like Armada. Like Armada had this big spike and then dropped off a cliff because they just, it, the people playing it was the same people playing X-Wing. Mm-hmm. And so they had to pick their game and X-Wing was a better game. So, because mm-hmm. it had more depth. Yeah. Anyway. We'll see. Um, anything else you guys want to chat about? I I, I don't ever I never actually asked Jeremy. Do you have any interest in Shatterpoint? Um, I always play the best game, whatever I think it is, more fun. So, um, I, I... that sounded so arrogant. <laughs> I always play the best game. <laughs> I'm gonna clip that. That sounded yeah. arrogant, but it wasn't arrogant. He was just talking about. You know what I meant? Yeah. Wait till after I cut it up. It will sound cool. even worse. <laughs> cool. Cool. You meant you meant to say you you want to play the game that, that gives you the best experience, right? Like, yes, that's what you mean. The best yeah. game for me. Let's yeah. call it that. Hold on one second. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, wait one second. One second. <laughs> it's so late. What are you doing? And you just listened to I only play the best game. Oh no! Gonna, I just changed the title. We're Son gonna, of we're a bitch! It. We'll do it live. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I love that. That's Aaron, so would you play Shatterpoint? Uh, conditionally. Do you also play only the best game? <laughs> I also only play the best. I game. will play any game other people are playing. Mm. Really? Like, I didn't know that. We're all getting into uh, Age of Sigmar tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Okay. I only play Go. <laughs> No. So Parker, that's the only reason I got an MCP. Oh really? Yeah, he actually hates Marvel. I, I do not hate Marvel. He <laughs> actively dislikes. He hates it. people. Right. Yes, he wants TTS. Marvel and people. He just uh, loves. But love. if, if if MCP stays in the state it is in now, and Shatterpoint comes out, then I think it's a absolute hell hell yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's no secret, no one's in love with the way Marvel is now, and we're all just sitting around waiting for AMD to fix it rather than doing it ourselves, which is another topic. But um. On the other hand, you know, these, you know, crises get reworked and characters get nerfed the way they should, and it's a whole new game, and I'm really excited to build lists and play some more. So it all depends on the state of MCP and how good and interesting Shatterpoint is and what potential community develops. It's all fluid. Okay. All right, so I feel like we've been a little down on AMG today in general because we're complaining about, like, how, like, a great game in general I'm very confident the game is in a good place moving forward. I don't know how the rest of you guys feel, but this is like kind of a Parker meter, I guess. Because Parker last week was like a 2 out of 10, and this week he feels like more of a 6. Mm-hmm. I'm like an 8 out of 10, the game is moving in a good direction. Because I, I have a strong feeling some good stuff's coming down the pipe. I'm a 3 out of 10. Okay. Get off so TTS. I... God damn it. What? Get off TTS. One fucking game in a week. God damn it. You, you've um, taken a couple losses lately, and you've just been unlivable. Okay? It, like, like, yeah, like playing a game on T- 
Playing the TTS community is like going to the Star Wars movie review forums and reading those. Like, it's just like, what the most cancer you can get? Like, it's just everyone is so sad all the time. They are not. It's like those war propaganda movies when they're shot in, like, grayscale and, like, everyone looks so tired. Like, that's the TTS community. Everyone oh is God. just plays the same shit into each other every week. Sure. And then Aaron's uh, <laughs> like, God, this game is so solved. Everyone plays the same list. Yeah, it's because they all just copy the one guy's list. Oh, my God. Uh, is this Jeremy, what you need to give me a number. Yeah, this is the three hour in. I mean, I just played, a, you know, 20 games the last four days. I'm in, man. I I, I love this game. It's fine. I'm like a 9 Is that a 10? 10, 10 out of 10. 10. I only play the best games. I Fuck it, I said it. Sew it on my shirt. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, that's going on our t-shirts. I only play the best games. <laughs> I, would, I, I, would, I, would, I would wear that shirt in a second. <laughs> I, I would too. Parker, what's your number? What, what number? Yeah. Out of 10, how do you feel about the game moving forward? Oh, this game moving forward? Uh, I'm going to say 8. Because, and, and for me, it's 100% it comes down to the characters. They, they don't fail making characters feel like the characters that I love. Yeah. So that's why, like, as long as, as long as that's like their number one priority and they've been so true to that, I don't see why it could ever change. Like, I'm totally yeah. confident that I can play this game forever. And this is why I was a little bit mad about Shatterpoint because I was like, I have no problems with this game right now. Every other game that comes out, I'm like, oh, thank goodness, a game I can play. But right now, I'm like, I'm already playing this game. I feel like I've barely mm. even gotten to to really figure it out. And yeah. already everybody's excited to play a new one. Ugh. There was that ever since War Machine uh, wrote its own death sentence by printing CID, we've basically just been waiting for the next best game to come yes. out. Yes. We, we have, so have a happy home here at Marvel. Uh, so I just ran the numbers. I just want everybody at home to know that the infamous podcast is at a 7.125 on Marvel. So there you go. That's, that's how happy we are. And that's with Aaron being like the biggest negative Nancy in the history of the human race. I need to defend my three. So hold on. No, it's too late. There is no defend. You only play the there worst is no games. Defend. So it would be a lot higher, but I have little expectation of them we had information that we could disseminate about how the game is going to be great in the future but we just don't have that we just don't this is true so i i have a strong belief they will fix change crises would you even say like a faith (laughs) what i'm just kidding it's a joke it's an always sunny reference go ahead uh i am less optimistic they will fix the characters which i think might be more problematic than the crises i think crises are stale but that's not necessarily bad yeah so if i had a good feeling that they would fix black cat voodoo hulk mal sam then i'd be an eight right but yeah i i have a sinking suspicion that they will release some sort of crisis update and not touch a damn character and that would make me sad. Can I just say that, the like, people talk about, like, faith and get de- devs, and we really got to stop bringing up new topics, but I just got to get this one in. Uh, Thanos went from the most broken thing the game had ever seen into maybe a top 10 model, and, like, they didn't change his card. Like, how the fuck did they accomplish that? Like, it, it was, was like some kind of, like, out of the box thinking. Wizardry. They really do think yeah. out of the box with this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'm 100% with you. 
Yeah. I, like, I agree, too. I, I think that Malekith needs to have a reality stone. <laughs> that's what we're talking about, right? We can have stones on. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, if he got restricted, would it affect anybody's list? Nope. Yeah, I don't think so. No, but there's, the there's... people that are playing him are already all in. But this is this. But what I mean is, uh, they have already demonstrated they have the ability to go outside of the box, like outside of what I could possibly yeah. imagine. And then when they come up with it, I go, "That is elegant. That's succinct and elegant." And let's see if it works. Oh, it does. Well, good read. Like really good read yeah. of like your player base and your game. What a really good job. So I, I think I, I am. I, that's why I say I have an I have an eight is the only reason why I don't have a nine or even a ten is because it, there are these eddies, you know, where I don't get to play the game and I just get to think about it and I'm not all my thoughts are positive. But that's really it because if I just get to play the game a whole bunch, I only have fun. <laughs> I only enjoy mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I feel like if you get your information from the internet, you're always down on the game, and if you no. don't, then you're always up on the game. Like it's it's weird. Uh, I will say that I think my only big critique of the devs is that they get all of their information from like one pool. And I think that's more of an aspect of COVID and less of an aspect of like how they get their information. Because the community has been so fragmented into these tiny little pods because of COVID and no travel and no cons that they don't, I don't think it was even possible for them to have a pulse on the entire community. Because there's like different groups that are like, this has been broken since day one and nobody's ever like really been playing it. Like we had a huge problem with criminals in our meta and then other metas never experienced that. And then other metas had a big problem with Asgardians. We never had that problem because everyone played Smashy Boys and they didn't exist in that meta. So it was just weird. And so now that the metas are starting to mingle again with all the travel starting to fire back up, I'm I'm really excited that... I think the the game development is going to get a boost from that also because the information they'll be getting about the games that are happening is going to be more true on like a national scale than just like the two communities near them and a playtest group are the only information they get. Uh, just out of curiosity, have we heard about Shatterpoint? Well, because one of the things they've said about this game for a while that frustrates us, I know, as sometimes is they've been pretty unabashed about saying the competitive scene is not our priority. Like we want our mm-hmm. game to be balanced around game experience. We don't want people to to feel like it's always negative, but we're not trying to balance this game around the most competitive possible play. Um, do we know anything like anything like that for Shatterpoint? Is Shatterpoint going to be similar, oh, I, or is going to be? I would. That I believe for them is a company standpoint, not a Marvel Crisis Protocol standpoint. Well, then, then, and, then I think that sh- <laughs> I think Shatterpoint's not going to hold anything very special, unless like unless like you said, Aaron. Oh, you mean what if playing. Shatterpoint was their competitive game and right. MCP was the casual game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't see that being the case. That right. would really blow me away. It would surprise me as well. But I just think about a way a differentiation, right? Like something to make them mm-hmm. different. But yeah. It's co-op. But, it's all. But you see, the difference is one side has lightsabers. Uh, actually, hold on. Have you seen Crimson Vader? I don't think that's a thing that I recognize. <laughs> Although, I will give you an apology. I assembled my Crimson Dynamo. I did not realize he literally has a Darth Vader helmet. And so I totally understand why you did it. <laughs> at the time, I never bothered to look at his face. And I was yeah. like, you're an idiot. Like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And then I put them all together. Like, oh, he's got a Vader helmet. No wonder he did it. Yep. I Now I completely understand. And look at the pose. The pose is just, you combine the two, it's like. Uh, That's whatever. Put, I think, I feel, put a lightsaber in the dude's hand. 
you're reaching. Yeah, I don't know about that. Reaching for a lightsaber. I'm yeah. telling you, if they, if they make the game cross compatible with MCP, they would. I you Holy say that shit. I actually had that thought today. I was like, God, what if it's literally carbon copied mechanics, and you could mix like Darth Maul versus like I don't know, I know, Magneto right? or something. Like I I actually don't want them to do that because then I'll have to deal with people constantly. Like, well, then we'll play together. Like, shut up. <laughs> it's a war machine hordes thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a war machine hordes thing. Like if you could, but if people are like trying to combine lists or something, but if you could only play one and then they fought against each other i would just be worried that one side would always have an edge because it's like how do you balance the two game systems against each other i don't know because you know there's gonna be force points like it's gonna happen that never like one side would have a whole resource mechanic the other side didn't have access to they never they've 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 tried to do that in so many like different kind of game systems video Mm -hmm. games and otherwise and it never works yeah well it worked great in war machine hordes right it was the close i mean it didn't work well one side was obviously better but they Mm -hmm. They de- they they made them worse in other ways. So it was it was interesting. I don't know that they were ever actually on the same par, but it was very close. I would buy very close for a more uh, well rounded and robust yeah. player group. How about that for a for a miniatures game? It was fine. I don't know that it was actually perfectly balanced, but it was it was probably as close as you're going to get in the real world. So I don't think anyway. they're going to do it, but I would like it. Yeah. I don't want them to make them cross compatible. If they was as like only a casual format and they was like not sanctioned for tournament play, but it was technically compatible, I'd be fine with that. But I really don't want it to be like the blah, 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 AMG tournament and you just bring whatever army you feel like. Like, I don't want to deal with that. Mainly because I don't have to buy like releases for two separate games at all times just to stay up. Like what happens when tactics cards for Marvel start coming out in Shatterpoint boxes? Like, I just don't want to fucking deal with that. Yeah. Anyway, we got to get the fuck out of here. We're way over time. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you had a good time. Bye. Bye. Good day.